With over 20 hours in Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, I have to say, I think the critics are getting this one wrong. And I'm going to attempt to show this through examining what the user scores look like on Steam, Xbox, and PlayStation, along with what feels like a general disconnect and how a lot of the outlets have reviewed and scored this game. And just so we're clear, nobody can be wrong if they don't like this game. But assessing a game's quality to be at a failing grade or below, I believe that can be erroneous given how poorly other games have launched, especially with some of the really bad games that we have seen launched recently. Even if you don't enjoy a game or their design choices, giving a failing grade should require more justification than I have seen. I've played plenty of games that just didn't hook me or felt like the gameplay wasn't polished or fun enough, but giving a game a 4 or a 5, even a 6 out of 10, is a pretty harsh score. And the users who are buying and playing this game clearly do not agree with where the critical scores have landed. Now, I put all of the good information right here at the beginning of the video. It's sort of an opening monologue, and I do that because the video is quite a bit longer than that because it's a live stream where I discuss it with the live audience. So if you want to make sure you are here for those live discussions, hit subscribe and the bell button. That way you don't miss out on the content. Well, the opening weekend for Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League hasn't been one of celebration from the gaming press, but the user scores across all three platforms are looking quite strong. So what's the disconnect? Why is there such a big gap? Is the game as bad as the gaming press would have you believe? I'm going to attempt to argue that the critics are getting this one wrong in a couple of ways. And not wrong in that I think their opinions are wrong. I think a lot of the assessment of the game's quality has been flawed from the very beginning. You will notice something in virtually all of the reviews that are negative or critical, and I'm going to try to point out those themes. So first, I want to look at what happened. Where did the Metacritic score land? Where did the scores land on Steam, PlayStation, and Xbox? And why is there such a big gap? Second, I want to look at the reaction to all of this. Some sharp criticism has been aimed at IGN for their claims about Kevin Conroy's Batman being wasted on this game, and they made sure to retweet their own post multiple times over the weekend. In a very callous and disrespectful way, prompting even some of those who worked with Kevin to call them out. IGN seemingly unable to carry themselves like a professional gaming news outlet and looking more and more like a tabloid every day. Lastly, I will tell you what I think. I put about 22 hours into the game and played a bunch over the weekend with my wife. What I have found in this game actually surprised me as I thought I would enjoy a mindless co-op shooter, but what is here is actually better than I initially expected. So first, what happened? Well, the initial reviews of the game looked like they would land in a more mixed territory. I saw some 80 but then I saw some 40s and 50s. Even the most generous score for this game would not be enough to turn the tide against abysmally low scores like a 40 or a 50. Personally, I think those scores should be reserved for disastrously bad games since it's so far below even a failing grade. But as time went on, it was clear the gaming media was not going to give this game great scores. Currently, the biggest collection of reviews is the PS5 scores on Metacritic, and it only has 28 critical scores. So there's still a chance that a lot of outlets haven't weighed in, yet, you know, because it's a live service game, maybe they'll weigh in later and bring the score up a little bit. So they may 
may be waiting to get into the end game content loops before giving it a final score. Some of them, even in their in-progress reviews, have said this is not the disaster a lot of us thought it was going to be. Currently, the PS5 aggregate score from critics on Metacritic is 62. By way of comparison, Marvel's Avengers has 100 critical reviews for the PS4 on Metacritic instead of just 28. So, with such a small amount of outlets providing scores, we can now look at where it's landing with the platforms, okay? Currently on Steam, it has over 2,000 reviews. Now, I'm seeing false claims that reviews are getting deleted, that there was like 7,000 reviews on Steam and a bunch of reviews got deleted. This is simply untrue. I checked the Steam reviews every day, multiple times a day. I was sort of tracking this. I wanted to see where it was headed. So there have not been deleted reviews from Steam, and funny enough, the Steam reviews are very, very close to where the reviews are landing with the other platforms. So with 2,000 reviews on Steam, it's currently at an 85%, and it has a 90% on PlayStation, with close to 4,000 reviews, and it has a 90% on Xbox, with a little over 1,000 reviews. So that's around 7,000 people who are giving this game an average score that is more than 25 points higher than where the critics are. Now in my previous coverage, I said that the Metacritic score would not be that good, but I thought it might be able to hold a mid to maybe a high 70s. I honestly did not expect to see this game get scored in the same hemisphere as Redfall. Redfall was an incomplete, buggy piece of trash. IGN scored Kill the Justice League just one point above Redfall. That's the sort of below-failing grade trend that we're seeing here. So, I pointed out these gaps, and what feels like a bit of an oddity on Twitter, why, why would the users be giving this thing 85 to 90%, and then we've got it at like a 60-something on Metacritic? Now, I pointed this out, I don't want to see what everybody's reaction would be. Now, one of the reactions was very simple. People said, listen, it's fun. Like, that's why it's getting good scores. And I don't think this is necessarily lost on the critics or those who have been disappointed that, you know, as a hardcore Rocksteady fan. A lot of the reviews remarked about how elements of the game were fun. Honestly, someone made this observation that a lot of the reviews would spend a large portion praising the game, saying, listen, it's fun. It looks great. It's got great graphics. The character models are good. The writing's good. It's funny. And then they would get give it a failing grade user preference and subjective opinion are always going to be baked into a review this is obvious but it feels a little off kilter in a lot of the reviews that i've read or listened to and i don't want to call anyone out i'm just keeping this very general and generic i know there are reviews that got more specific and maybe even got a little bit more thoughtful but it still feels like the grades the actual scores themselves that we're seeing that are driving the score down on metacritic are largely lower than the general tone of the reviews that we're hearing it's totally fine for someone like Skillup, for example, to say he doesn't recommend the game, but that doesn't mean he's giving it a 4 out of 10 or a, you know, a horrible failing grade. He's usually pretty balanced in his coverage, and he's usually very balanced in his criticisms. So I do think there's a very big difference between like when a YouTuber just sort of says, I didn't like it, or I'm not going to keep playing it, or this isn't the game I was hoping for. That's not quite the same as giving it like a 4 or a 5 out of 10 on Metacritic. 
because this feels very much rooted in the gamer part of the brain, right? Like, they're not able to deny aspects of the game are fun or that they're made well, but the complete package, well, it's live service, so it's getting hotly rejected by a lot of outlets. And listen, I get that. If they didn't tie this game together or you feel like two very different games have been sort of smashed into each other, I get not wanting to play it. I get not enjoying it. But a failing grade? That just seems, again, reserved for games that have just terrible, awful launches. And this game just doesn't check any of those boxes. And this is related to another piece of feedback that I have seen. Metacritic gonna Metacritic. Now, the idea here being that negativity or being negative or hating on a game is part of a growing problem. Well, hate and negativity sells. And at one level, it's hard to argue with this. A bunch of content creators are seeing abnormally high viewership for their negative content about this game. And I'm not blaming them. That's not their fault. The audiences and the public, they tend to gravitate around that sort of thing. They'll, they'll gravitate around more negative videos. I always have a hard time sort of divorcing that from genuine feedback and opinion. It's very easy to lean into the negativity as well as the hive mind opinion and just sort of ride that wave and then move on to the next game, especially in a year like 2024 where everybody can kind of dunk on kill the Justice League, get a ton of viewership, and then just forget about it because there's so much else coming out. Conversely, it's very easy to dismiss negative reviews as quote-unquote just hate. I think folks genuinely feel dislike for this game. I don't think that they're faking it, but I think the criticisms and the scores are landing in a slightly exaggerated and even generic state because of unmet expectations. Now, that's not every review. There are some ones out there that I think are doing their due diligence and breaking down the systems within the game, but I think expectations that were never set by the developers have largely led to a lot of the reviews and even some of the review scores being very exaggerated. They just made the mistake of making three great Batman games and that passively set consumer expectation that they would stick to that. Now, I did see an observation that I do feel is fair and worth discussing. People said that, listen, a lot of the positive reviews on Steam are even admitting that the game is overpriced. Now, I actually researched this, and this is actually true. Even folks enjoying the game and recommending it on Steam are saying, listen, wait for a sale. It feels overpriced. What this feedback fails to realize, or what it's ignoring, is that roughly 20 months of planned playable content is coming for free to anybody who bought the game. I feel this keeps getting lost in the shuffle when the price discussion comes up. Yes, it's a full price live service game, and yes, they're selling cosmetics, but a ton of playable content is on the way and will be totally free for everybody who purchased the game. Comparisons to Helldivers 2 are being made because apparently those devs have indicated they have plans for all of their post-launch content to also be free. I don't think the scope of this game and Helldivers 2 can really be compared. Also, you're dealing with DC licensed property, right? You got a cast of high quality voice actors. You have, I think, a very different approach to game content and game delivery. You've got dev team size differences, dev cycles, game size, license sharing. The budgets have to be considered here, right? They couldn't put this at the price of like Helldivers 2. And the ongoing format is a huge pushback, I think, against the pricing criticisms. I don't think lowering the price would have changed the general reception to the game either. People seem sort of dead set on not liking this game. 
Now, there are those who wanted to explain away the positive reviews, right? Saying things like, well, gamers are dumb and they'll play anything. This really reminds me of this the discussion surrounding Foam Stars. Just sort of immediate dismissal because, well, the game doesn't interest you. So nobody could possibly be interested in a game or enjoying a game that you don't like, right? That's like almost insulting to think. Well, that's only insulting or bothersome if you're insecure. There are plenty of people who like games that I would never touch. It doesn't make the game bad or uninteresting it doesn't make the positive reviews fake or because they're just too dumb to realize i guess the game is bad when this many people across three different platforms are seemingly having a good time the simplest explanation is folks are having a good time so this would be a good time to switch to tell you what what do i think about this entire situation what's going on what are the themes that we're seeing in some of these reviews well first just let me say after 22 hours i'm not just having fun i'm having that itch to jump back in and play not since borderlands 2 has my wife and i have we had a game where we could just sort of flow with it loot it play it and just have a great time like the gameplay in this is just enjoyable I think when you play this game in its lane, it's actually really fun. I also continue to find the story to be at the caliber of a rock-steady story. And if you pay close attention to the story, instead of rage-watching clips on Twitter, the story gives you a mountain of clues about what really is going on. Okay, It's very creative. It's very comic book-esque, which sadly is overshadowed by the whole, well, this is disrespectful to the Justice League, and I can't believe they did that. You didn't play the game, and if you did, you didn't pay attention to the narrative, right? And a a really quick word about Kevin Conroy, since IGN has been using his name in a callous and honestly gross way. Numerous folks who worked on the project took issue with IGN talking about Kevin Conroy's Batman being wasted. One person said the following, quote, Kevin was our teammate, and many of us worked with him directly for years. I would expect games journalists to know that and understand how callous it is to use his memory to stoke hatred. We do not need strangers to tell us what he would have thought. He told us himself. This has been with, you know, sort of my problem with the constant invoking of his name and claiming it's ruined his legacy or his Batman. He crushes it in this game, and you can tell he really enjoyed you know sort of bringing out the villainous tone of Batman's genius level of attention to detail you constantly hear him monitoring the city and planning and it harkens back to all the self-narration of the Arkham games but in a very different tone so I just really want to stress something about the reviews that are out there virtually none of them that I've seen especially the ones giving it scores like a 4 or a 5 they're not judging this as a live service game They're judging it as a game they wish wasn't a live service game. So instead of critiquing the loot system or the gameplay loop or the skill trees or the potential builds, the end game, the elasticity or the longevity of the game's format, we just get told, well, the content's repetitive. You just shoot purple guys on rooftops. There's so much diversity within the actual fights and mechanics and enemies and actual activities that whenever somebody says something like that, I feel like maybe they played the first three hours, put it on easy mode, and just flew through the story so they would know what happened. And yeah, when you do that, it's going to feel repetitive. You're not actually engaging with the variety in the game. There's things you can do for the Riddler. There's things you can find around the city. And there's modifiers that make every activity very, very different. And those modifiers highlight different aspects of your build. I've had people say they don't like the modifiers because it restricts what they can use. Well, if you have a very robust and thoughtful build, those aspects of what you're doing are actually going to help you when those modifiers show up. Because, again... 
it's a live service game it's a looter it's got builds it's got skill trees if you're not leaning into those systems it's not surprising that you think the game is just sort of repetitive now there may be folks out there who have taken the time to break down the live service aspects or the gameplay loop aspects but the vast majority of the really low scored reviews out there they don't really even touch the subject it's just sort of well it's repetitive and the story's bad always sort of against what they feel rocksteady should have done Some have pointed to the Steam chart saying, well, it's lower than the peak of the Avengers. Avengers currently has a 66% on Steam and a 60% on Xbox. The PlayStation Store is not viewable because you can't get the game anymore, so I can't like go to the game in the PlayStation Store. So it probably would have landed in the same spot, though. 66% on Steam and a 60% on Xbox. So consider how terrible that score is. I think the score and the word of mouth with this game might actually end up helping it because when they drop their first season and their new character, I mean, just this morning, on a Monday morning, it's in the top 30 on Xbox's most played games. And if you look at the top 15 spots, as I've always said, anything close to that's doing rather well. The top 15 spots are reserved for games like Fortnite and Call of Duty. And it's a Monday morning, so it's pulling very well, as far as I can tell, with the console audience. I've seen screenshots of people saying, look, it's ranked as most pop- one of the more popular games in my region when they turn on their console. And here's the thing. I said this before the game launched. Live service games need to move away from the player funnel model, and it seems that Kill the Justice League has done that. They're more focused on the content-driven model. So, total players on Steam is obviously a concern because, well, you need folks in the game, you need people buying stuff, so that way it can continue to get support and continue to get content, and you also don't want Rocksteady to be in you know a bad financial spot if this game completely fails commercially. But games like this can survive with a loyal base of players, especially if it's doing better on content. Console. And since it's scoring 5% stronger on console, that holds with one of my predictions that the game would do better on console than Steam. It's honestly doing better on Steam than I expected, and that could honestly help it. Games have had worse starts and have slowly built and gained momentum over time. A game like Kill the Justice League was never going to shoot out of a cannon after the big departure from what they're known for, as well as all the negative press. So a smaller start with solid scores is honestly the best case scenario, given all the negativity that they've been facing. Had a bunch more people bought this game and got mad and gave it bad scores, well, that would probably not help it in the long run. Right, like in my mind, if you hope to get people to come back to the game or jump in later, it'd be a lot harder to do if you had a low score. But right now, if your best friend or your buddy tells you, man, this game's fun, there's a cool character coming out, and you go to the store page and you see an 85% or a 90%, well, that's going to be pretty convincing. And I think that's the big takeaway here. The critics don't have the final say, the players do. And the question of commercial success and ongoing player funnel, well, that's obviously the bigger question mark. The themes in the reviews tend to center around that it's repetitive or that they don't like the story. I can't see any other live service game being reviewed in this way, as that's never really happened. It seems, again, there's a bit of a bias here that they didn't want Rocksteady to make this game, so they're not really giving it a fair shake within its live service lane. Rocksteady certainly took a risk with this title, and I hope it pays off for them in the long run, and who knows, maybe folks come back around in a few months and end up changing their tune when the story rebalances and fleshes itself out a bit more, as well as when they add new content and new characters to the game. But that's just what I think. What do you think? 
So let me give you my closing thoughts and conclusions on this one. If this game manages to turn it around, right? They manage to turn around the gaming media's opinion, it will likely not be anytime soon. New content and seasons could potentially remove some of the criticisms. The story actually, I think, has some stuff coming that will maybe win back the confidence that some people have lost in Rocksteady's ability to tell a creative comic book story. And more content may bring the needed variety and value that people feel the game is currently lacking. Second thing I want to say is, judging a live service game like a traditional game has just been very strange to see. I can't imagine Destiny 2 getting this treatment when it launched, or The Division. And the crazy part to me is, this game has a lot more story and value than any other live service game I've played before at launch and even more impressive as someone who's played a lot of looter shooters they've done a good job with the loot pool and the skill trees now some people have pointed out that the weapons lack fun or craziness like borderlands or a lot of the weapons are basically the same Now, I tend to agree, but I also think that leaves room for seasons. You can add damage type, weapon types to really spice things up. They built a good foundation. You don't want to come out of the gate immediately and be like, oh man, here's all these different weapon types. I also think weapon systems in games like this are a challenge. You end up sort of creating a weapon pyramid where certain games are at the tip of the pyramid and everything else doesn't matter. So I actually hope they can add to the variety and the creativity within the loot pool system to keep things fresh every time there's a new season or there's new activities or things to chase my conclusion is this I said that I thought this game was going to surprise folks and some are actually saying listen this is far better than I expected some are even saying they didn't expect to enjoy it or even buy it and now they're deep in the game's systems and really enjoying chasing loot and running activities it seems to be striking a chord with the looter shooter live service crowd, and many people are saying that this is basically just Borderlands. And I even said if the game would have been built by Gearbox and didn't sort of extend itself on and attach itself to the Arkhamverse, I actually think this game would be scoring much better because people would have expected an irreverent live service shooter with the fun story, and then it would have probably gotten better reception. But Here we are. This is the game we've gotten. It's from Rocksteady, so it's going to face some of those additional criticisms. You know, I also think people are talking about how long the game's going to last. You know, they're looking at these Steam charts. I'd actually be curious to see if word of mouth helps this game. If we end up seeing a new character get added or a new season be when it hits its player peak. Because I actually am more encouraged by the fact that it didn't have this out-of-the-cannon strong start and then this huge drop-off. This is the kind of game that's better suited for the slow burn and the slow build where they prove the concept, they prove the quality, and slowly over time, more and more players jump in. That's probably a better scenario than what we've seen before with live service games where they hit insane numbers the first week and then nothing happens after that. Now, time will tell if this experiment pays off for Rocksteady or if it slowly crashes and burns. But for now, I'm playing. I'm having fun. I'm looking forward to the new content. I'm honestly hoping for the best because I do think it's a good game. I've been wanting an ongoing looter shooter co-op game to play with my wife, and I've got one, and it's been a good time. But those are just my thoughts. Now it's time to hear your thoughts. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Listen, I know you guys are like, why are you not covering the absolute four-scale alarm victory lap, you were right, Lono story? I had no time. The few tweets you saw me tweeting yesterday, 
got me into a little bit of trouble with my wife okay sundays are super jam-packed full we had church we had to make a meal for a family that's kind of going through some stuff then we had to go to our fellowship group where we like hang out every sunday i was like tweeting right before we walked out the door and then you know checking it periodically and then i was up late last night checking it and again i i probably shouldn't have been doing that but the story was too big to look to ignore but what that meant was there was no way i was covering that today okay there was no way i was going to be able to properly research it and vet the sources and look at what's being said and write up a monologue i didn't have time for that you guys know i don't pivot it's very difficult for me to pivot in the history of this channel I think I pivoted like once and it ended up making the show really, really late and I had to like write my monologue that morning. So we will be, we will be covering that tomorrow. We will be covering that tomorrow. So don't worry. Please don't hijack today's show. Please don't hijack today's show. Okay. I I definitely am going to be covering that tomorrow. Uh, I wanted to give that story its due diligence and you know, obviously we want to take a victory lap, but we want to do it in a way that's not like you know rude and unkind because we were we were treated pretty unkindly the last couple of weeks, and I'm not going to return the favor. Uh, Devil Shooter with nine months says, "Can I get a happy birthday shout shout out? Happy birthday, Devil Shooter!" If you're paying for your own membership, make sure you get off of the gifted tier. Gifted's for is five bucks. It's reserved purely for those who gift members. You want to be at the six dollar tier. It's the member tier. So make sure you go through the process of upgrading that. DK Beggar, Han shot first, and so did you. There it is. First gifted member of the day, and Roro Raven gifts a member as well. Thank you guys so so much for doing that. Go through the morning ritual. Go through the morning ritual. Hit the like button and make sure you're subscribed to the channel so you can talk make sure you guys are plugged in uh make sure you guys are plugged in to the community um teddy says if any other studio released this game it would be praised 99% sure of that i i'm just going to continue to come back to that teddy i'm like i'm telling you if if you strip away all those expectations of like well, what rocksteady should do it's like if if I was pl- if this game was a gearbox game, you'd be getting nine out of tens. People are like this is the best looter shooter they've ever made. You know, jam packed full of funny, winsome, irreverent story. And instead, it's like, you know, we've we, I don't even know. And again, I get that people are breaking down the systems. I get that people are breaking down you know the gameplay loop, the loot tables. But it's a live service game. Like they have to be able to build on top of that. They like <clears throat> live service games tend to do that. I-, I can't help but think that like, what if we would have judged Destiny this way when it came out? What do you think of Skillup's review? I have a lot of respect for Skillup. I didn't have time to listen to his review. I'm sure it's thoughtful. I'm sure he breaks down all the reasons why he's either disappointed or doesn't like it. I I don't have any issue with... I think the YouTubers are the ones that I don't really have as much of an issue with because they tend to be the ones that are a little bit more like breaking down the different aspects and, and being nuanced because their audiences are a little bit more you know, gamer minded. I'm more irritated with the scores that are so incredibly low, like a four out of 10, bro. That's like an abysmal game. That's like a, a, a total 
absolute bad launch, buggy, glitchy, incomplete game. Like a four. I'm seeing fours and fives. Those That's below a failing grade. It's one thing to be like, yeah, I didn't like it. And then you give it like maybe like a six or a seven. But the minute you start seeing scores that are either like the solid six or down, I'm like, it's that bad, really? Like, oh my gosh, wh- why? You th- like, and, and I thought the one person was good in their observation. They said, look, a lot of the reviews will spend a good portion of their time talking about all the systems, the gameplay, and how fun it is, and the characters, and, and you know, the graphics, and the performance, and, and then they'll give it like a four. And it's like, yeah, I said the same thing. It's like, their criticisms are like a scalpel. Like, they're finally going through and saying like, this I didn't like this, this I didn't like that. And then they get out a machete, and they're like, yeah, it's a five out of ten game. It's like, what? Yo, a gifted member coming in with kicking it with Timmy B takes us to three out of 25. I got to give you guys a goal for this week, man. You guys have been crushing it lately, and Friday nights have been an absolute blast. This Friday night, Hilly and I will be playing Helldivers 2. Those streams are a blast, and everybody gets to come to a Hilly Hijinks stream. So all gifted members can come tonight. Let's drive that number, and let's show them what Friday nights are all about. Roro Raven with a $5 super chat tip. Give it three years. The hate bandwagon will watch one video essay, and the bandwagon will switch to it being an underrated masterpiece. Ashen with 29 months says, From my perspective, it looks fun, but as a live service, seems weird to me. Didn't everyone cheer for Modern Warfare 3 getting a 4 from IGN? I mean, I think when you judge when you judged MW3 as a full-priced package, yes, the campaign was horrible. It was awful, and it also was buggy, and it was glitchy. Like, come on, how long was that campaign? That 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 game was that game was terrible. Now. We, we could have a debate about whether or not it deserved like a 4 or whatever, but the fact that this game is far more complete than MW3, longer story, better cutscenes, tons more to do, and in its lane, again, I've always said this, Paul, judge the game in its lane. If you judge MW3 in its lane, it's a terrible game. It's terrible. It's the continuation of a franchise that always had like highly curated missions and really great cinematics, whatever the case may be. And when you judge it in its lane, it's really, really bad. When you judge Kill the Justice League in its lane, it's like, this is a good game. Like, this is a really good live service game foundation. They've got so much that they could do. And the fact that we get really good story, and they're like, I don't like the story. Okay. You're allowed to not like a story. Does that make the story bad? Does that make the voice acting poor quality? Does that make the writing poor quality? Does that make the scenes bad? The characters? No, you just you're allowed to not like what happens in a story, but that doesn't necessarily make the storytelling bad. Does that make sense? If the game was forty dollars, do you think scores would come up? Marcus, the, the, here's the problem with the price. A lot of people have said that. Okay. Even the people on Steam are saying that. They're like recommending it. They're like, hey, this is actually fun, you know, but wait for a sale or whatever. My only problem with that feedback is why don't you wait and see what comes with the season since you don't have to spend any other cent on this game? So when you spend $70, you're not just buying the base game, you're buying seasons one through four. 
you're buying seasons five through nine. Like you're not just buying the seventy dollar game now. Oh, yep, yeah, you're done. Put it away. You're yep. All the all you're all done now. It's like no, there's there's going to be content out in a month. A new playable character, new content, new gear, new story. There's going to be episodes with both Scarecrow and Two Face, and I'm like, what? We can't factor that in yet. So 40 bucks. If this was $40, are you kidding me? Have you seen their roadmap? I that would be unbelievable. $40. And then what? And people are comparing it to Helldivers. I'm like, you think the scope of this game and what went into it is comparable to Helldivers? I think Helldivers 2 looks fantastic. Helldivers 2 is also a much smaller game in scope, a much smaller game in style, right? You don't have the level of cutscenes and 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 writing and voice acting and all of that in in Helldivers Two. It's not even that kind of a game, which is totally fine. Helldivers will be better. I don't even know if you can compare the games. I think that comparison's just kind of odd to me. It might be better for you, but to act like, oh, it's going to be a better game. It's like I just think that's kind of a weird comparison. If it was $40, they would charge for the added content. That's exactly right. And then they'd be in another scenario, Kaiser. It'd be like, well, for $40, this is a pretty fun romp. And then they'd be trying to charge money for the seasons. And people would be like, yeah, I don't think I want to buy the season. You know? There's nothing wrong with the voice acting, the mocap. However, there's issue with the writing. DC fans have seen an evil Justice League before. If you didn't do enough to make that interesting. I've played games with pretty pretty bad writing. I've played games with pretty bad uh, story. And I just don't think this is one of those games. I really don't. I've played games with really awful writing. Forspoken's writing was really bad. Good morning, Feed. I see you in the chat. Forspoken's writing was really bad. I, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm still committed to that. People are like this game was, you know, a masterpiece and was, you know, criminally underrated. No, it, it was, it, it was, it, there were, there were, yeah, there was a lot about Forspoken that was bad. Okay, with, with the writing and the voice acting, and, you know, because like scenes like this and stuff, it's just like again, I think we're. I, in the next-gen landscape of storytelling with voice acting, character design, you know, movement, all of that, this is this is fantastic work. It's great. You cannot like what they did. The method of storytelling, I think, is very good. I'm not saying you have to like what they did. I also think people need to spend a little bit less time raging out watching clips on Twitter and play through the game themselves and, like, listen to the story listen to the hints and the clues as to what's going on um the story was right up there with an animated movie says kaiser that i yeah i I would agree with that i thought it was i think i thought it was funny i like i've still to this time i'm not i'm not done with the story yet my wife and i have put in i don't know how much time she's put in i put in close to 22 hours and I haven't finished the story yet. Just running around the map, just doing stuff, unlocking stuff, working on. I've got. I have a couple of guns I like that I I like what they do to my build. And people are like, well, you know, a lot of the guns are very similar. I won't deny that at all. But I also don't think that necessarily matters right out of the gate. I don't think that matters right out of the gate. I think you can make 
your seasons and your content drops more exciting if just wait a minute i didn't say that well there's two kaiser soze's there's you kaiser soze with the batman joker avatar and then there's kaiser soze where he has like a picture of himself yeah there's two of you it's uh sadly not exactly you know the most original username (laughs) when are we going to realize that a lot of the times reviewers don't write for us says eugene they think they're critiquing high art and they write for each other Marcus says, Lono, sometimes too much feedback isn't a good thing. Having too much info to tell you yes or no on purchasing. Well, I saw another theory about why the scores are good. And I actually think this is a really good theory. I do. I have no I have no problem trotting this theory out and even admitting that this is probably the fact of the matter. The negative PR and that first trailer drove a lot of people away. And they did. They just didn't buy it. And that's that. What that means is the people that bought it, they paid attention to the marketing, and they're like, "Oh, I want to play that." They bought it, and they're giving it a good score. So, like, on one hand, that's good that people paid attention to the marketing, and they're like, "I'm not going to like that game," and they just didn't buy it. On the other hand, that's not great for your player funnel. Like, long-term, that could mean that this game actually ends up flopping commercially. As much as I like it, facts are facts. This game could fail. This game could fail and flop commercially. The player numbers don't look so hot. They don't look terrible. I think this game's going to do better word of mouth. I think you're going to see it go up in player count, potentially second weekend on Steam, to higher than what it did. It wouldn't be hard to beat that, that, that player peak. I mean, it was only like 13,000. Um, but I also think I also think you have to consider that the way they, the way they set this game up and the way that the, the word of mouth is, is, is spreading, I actually think more people will play it over time. Like they'll slowly come in to be like, well, my friends told me it was really, really fun. It's failing right now with 4K players on Steam. You think Monday morning is a good time to check the numbers? Like, that's not indicative of anything. Like, of course it's going to be low on a Monday morning. Every game drops to a lower player count on Monday morning. The point is, is that if you hear that it's fun, if a new season comes out and you're like, let me go check out this game, you're going to see a game with an 85%. You're going to see a game with a 90%, depending on what store you go to, whether it's Xbox, PlayStation, or Steam that's going to work in the game's favor. If this game right now had the same score that the critics are giving it, if it had like a 60-something percent, it wouldn't stand a chance. It wouldn't stand a chance. People would be like, dude, I was told that game is pretty good, but I went and checked it. It has a terrible score. Is there any chance the skill you developed in order to enjoy Starfield was accidentally activated while playing Suicide Squad? Shut up, Russell. <laughs> I didn't see Diablo 4 judged this way, you know, for being repetitive. It was, you know, that that game was really repetitive. I put it down, it was so repetitive. There are way too many games out there, and then people hear it's bad or see the scores and they click next. Gamers have extremely short attention spans, and old school gamers don't have time to play. 
if there's one thing that I do think is going to work against any game that comes out this year that's like let's just say um let's say hell divers gets in the low 80s all right both user scores metacritic everywhere you look steam you're like oh i'm not saying this is where it's going to land by the way cuz i think hell divers 2 looks really promising but let's just say hell divers lands in like the low 80s this year is so jam packed that could be a death sentence for a game now like there's so many games coming out it's like sorry bro you know you were good you weren't great and that's all it takes for a game like hell divers or kill the justice league to just fall off the face of the earth like it's a tough year dude it's a really tough year this is like moving to nashville to become a musician right this is like this is like moving to hollywood to become a celebrity you you got to be absolutely fantastic to break out like there's just too many games coming out this year and that that could be really really challenging for games like Kill the Justice League or Helldivers 2 where they're 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 just in a little bit more of a basic lane and I don't think that's a problem at all I think the biggest dilemma facing Kill the Justice League is the budget that went into it and the fact that they probably have some decent license percentages and and they have quantity of sales they have to hit and I'm I'm worried they're probably not going to hit them now they could over time because they could again they could have that word of mouth slow slow following growth but I worry that a company making anything for these comic book licenses they have to hit quantity of sales that are just it's just going to be too high for them to hit this game was probably you know set up to fail well before it even hit the shelves like when that trailer hit and the PR started looking pretty bad and people were like we were hoping for a new Arkham game and you guys built freaking Fortnite you know you built a Fortnite limited time mode I I do I think that a lot of people are going to look at it and say you know that's it's it's not it's not going to hit the it, it was basically destined to not hit what they needed for sales when the when the marketing started it was kind of over at that point the the hive mind of the player base had moved and been like yeah live service is kind of annoying now it's such a shame because the game is genuinely fun yeah this will be one of the few times where i'm like man that's a shame that game that happened to that game and here's the thing i always cheer for games to have a comeback like I'm cheering for Starfield and I, I I cheered for Starfield to have its comeback moment before we heard the recent news like you can go look I've got a video uh, like Starfield can learn from cyberpunk like Phantom Liberty so fully turned cyberpunk around for me I was like man I would love for you know in the future for Starfield to have a moment like that I, I don't I think the challenge with kill the Justice League is if you decide from moment one that you don't like it, it won't be like, oh, it's buggy, or oh, it lacks content. They fix those things. Time for me, time for me to come back. Right. That would be the concern. Is like no one's even gonna feel the, you know, no one's even gonna feel the desire to come back and check it out. They're gonna be like, yeah, I, I didn't like it. I thought it was a bad game. It's not like when No Man's Sky was lacking features and they jammed all those features in. That's pretty compelling. 
Yo, Mile High with a $10 Super Chat tip says, I never would have considered this game based on the reviews. I'm buying it today along with a buddy of mine based on your coverage. We will leave a review after playing. Well, I'm not trying to convince anybody to play it. I've just tried to give people a full picture of the game so that I honestly have told some people not to buy it. I'm like, no, don't buy it. It, it, You're not going to like it. Because there's definitely some people, I think, that would boot up this game and within about three hours be like, yeah, I've made a mistake. If you know what you're buying, if you know what you're getting into, I think you can have a lot of fun with this game. Yo, good morning, Broken Lobo. How are you? Guys, make sure you're smashing the like button. Almost 200 likes already. Right around 600 uh, viewers. If you want to become a member, remember to click that $6 membership tier. And then the $5 tier is reserved for gifteds. If you can't afford a membership, hang out as much as you can. The more you hit like, listen, and talk in chat, the more likely you're going to get a membership. And this Friday night, we'll be playing Helldivers 2 with my good man, Hilly. That'll be open to all members, as well as our Discord's open to all members. So even if you get a gifted, you still get access to all that extra content and all those extra features. This is going to age me, says Graybush. But man, sometimes I miss video game rentals. Solution, go rent the Justice League, play it for a couple days, decide if you like it or not. Rob V gifts a member. It takes us to four on the day. Thank you so, so much. You guys did hit 2750 last week. So be sure to check out the past broadcast uh, where I, had to, I wore a Deadpool onesie when my wife and I played Suicide Squad uh, Kill the Justice League. It was really, really fun. We had a good time hanging out with you guys. It really was a good time. And now, first week in February, uh, we're still at 2,700. I think we should set our sights on 3K. I think we can hit 3K this week. You guys just have to decide, you know, what sort of embarrassing antics you want to get me into, uh, you know, as your as your reward. I was master like button, Lono. Your uh, your opinions and what you do in this channel is awesome. Thank you so much, Gilly. I understand you aren't trying to get anyone to buy, but your fair and thorough review and in-depth coverage revealed a game to me that I wouldn't have ever considered. Thank you, Joker Quinn, for gifting a member, putting us at 5 out of 25. We'll see if we can't tempt some of the big boys to go crazy. That's a 20 bomb right there to hit the first goal of the day. And every 25, I've been gifting 5 right away to help with the momentum and hit those goals with you guys instead of waiting till the end. Uh, uh, only a few hours in, but one of the issues I have is all the open world encounters seem small and limited. I was expecting and hoping for more strike-like encounters. I don't disagree with you, Quarterfish, and that's where I'm wondering what some of the new uh, activities will be. We know there are new locations, but also new activities coming in the future seasons. And for me, I actually think you're right. I think they could be really well served by an area that you sort of traverse through and move forward. Like that forward momentum you feel in a strike in Destiny. I definitely think they could bring that in the seasons and people could be like, okay, the new content loop or the new activity is a really, really good time. You know? I actually think... They also need to lean in on the mechanics. The Green Lantern fight is fun. I liked fighting the big purple cannon. You know, the Flash fight, I wasn't paying attention and talking to chat, and I was being carried by people that were a lot stronger than me. That fight, I I still thought was good, but I think the more they lean into mechanics, the more you can have, like, that mini raid boss feel to a fight where... You've got all these different things you're trying to satisfy while, you know, contending with the big bad. Hate the stupid bus missions. 
Oh, right. People have been complaining about the escort missions. And to me, it doesn't feel like a traditional escort mission, so it doesn't bother me. I don't feel like I'm having to frantically chase or stay near. It's really easy to just, like, float around up in the sky. Periodically, you got to stop and fight. You know, they they don't bother me that much. I do think they would be better suited by having... I also think that having wave encounters could be really good. I think sort of like a a horde mode area could be really good. Like the further you get, the better loot you get. The further you get, you fight more bosses, more complex bosses. You know, every round or every couple of rounds, the modifiers could change up because I think the modifiers are really one of the best ways for the game, the gameplay to stay fresh, you know, and that makes you try out different things. Because whenever those like, oh, only your crits, only critical damage counts, what I do is, um, typically, I have two guns, one for each of you. I have two guns that, you know, one does dam- you know crit damage to grunts and the other does crit damage to brutes. And it just makes it really fun. I'm basically pouring crits the whole time when that modifier shows up. It's like, I'm kind of built for that modifier. Is there a way to find the clan? I don't see a search clan option. I think we have to invite you. So there's a spot in the Discord for you to go put your your name and we'll get you in. The Brainiac is a mini raid or dungeon boss. I just think people are talking crap because it's easy to ride that narrative instead of saying the game is actually fun. Um, How am I feeling about Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League? I'm actually enjoying it more than I expected to. I'm playing it more than I expected to. Like, I'm playing it off-stream with my wife, and we're having a good time. We, I'm not, like... You guys know me. If I'm not vibing with a game, dude, I'm, I am not going to make time for it. I'm not. There's just no way. I'm too busy. If this game would have landed and been disappointing and not fun and not have things that I enjoy, dude, I would have quickly walked away and be like, nope. I was wrong. You guys, you guys were right. This game ain't it. I, I genuinely have that draw. Like tonight, I'm like, oh, there's a show we like to watch on Mondays. Do we watch the show or do we play? Like, I feel that. I like feeling torn between. I like feeling torn b- between those types of choices. Like that. That to me is always a sign that we're in a good place as gamers. When you kind of feel like you know should I make time to play or not or what should I make time for I mean we're about to be faced with um, a bunch of games like this isn't the this isn't the only game uh, that we're going to be you know potentially faced with that dilemma and you know and again is the clan full oh I don't know is there a limit on how big the clans can be you think someone will tell him, come on, bro, be honest? I mean, somebody left me a comment just a moment ago and said, like, you're in denial about uh, Suicide Squad. And I'm like, I don't have the ability to fake or feign like or dislike from something. I don't have the mental energy or care to do that. Like, it should be pretty clear after the last couple of years that I carry, I care very little what people think about me and my opinions to the point that 
I've tried to soften my tone and how I talk about things because, you know, we don't want us to come off like brash and unwelcoming. Like, do you honestly think I would spend all this time being a guy that's just like, yeah, that's what I think. I don't care what you think. You could, you know, come in and argue with me, come in and debate with me. Do you think I would honestly waste a single moment of my day being like faking liking a game or faking playing games? Like, I don't have the, I, I don't have the mental capacity to do that, right? Like some who boot up games and let the clock time run up so they can claim they put a lot of time into it. And then when you check their achievements, they actually never beat it or played it. I, you know, I don't have the time to do that. I don't, I don't have the time. I don't have the time to do that, man. You know, if I like a game, I'm, I'm genuinely going to be playing it. Only 16 people to a clan. Oh gosh. Did we hit the limit? Yes, tomorrow, listen, I know a lot of you are here right now like, man, I can't believe he's covering this instead of covering the news about Xbox games coming to PlayStation. You better believe that I'm taking that victory lap tomorrow. Don't you worry your pretty little heads. I will do it, okay? I did not have time yesterday to pivot. I had this entire thing written and ready to go. I'm shutting my office down to go upstairs because friends of ours are they got a bad situation that's turning in it's turning good so we're excited like okay it was a little scary but they need meals create you know made for them and it was our turn so we had to leave early earlier than we typically do on a sunday evening and i was like i literally pulled out my phone and i was like oh my gosh sent a couple of tweets and i that was it i did not have time to pivot you all know pivoting is really really difficult for me right I can't I I, I don't have time to suddenly uproot my life so only a lap Ashen Hollow it's gonna be a world tour right victory lap one lap gonna be a dadgum world tour son (laughs) don't you worry don't you worry what's the news yeah you'll find out tomorrow right How much prep time do you need to say I told you so? (laughs) Come on. You know, I'm actually kind of curious before we move on to talk more about Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Whatever happened to that guy's sources that were going to just absolutely shred me? What happened to that? What's going on with that? Did that ever happen? Hello? No? no? Hmm. I wonder why. Weird. Ah, tastes like victory. <laughs> anyway, back to Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Um, we, we, We've said a couple of things this morning about how, you know, if, if, if it had been made by a different studio, it, you know, it would have scored uh, better. You know, the reactions of, you know, it looks and listen, it's fun. It's fun. That's why it's getting good review scores. Like, are you guys, if you missed the... If you missed the show open, did you guys see have, the, the whole point of today's show is the giant chasm between the review outlets have this thing landing in the 60s and the game has an 85 on Steam, a 90 on PlayStation and a 90 on Xbox. My personal rating is an eight and a half. Yeah, eight and a half. 
it's way better than I expected. I expected this game to land as like a solid eight for me. I thought it was going to be fun, kind of throwaway, but I'm like, oh no, no, I'm in. This is good. This is like a Borderlands Destiny Division thing that I it, it's it's now listen that's a bias I have to own my history with Borderlands and Destiny and the Division there's a lot of grooves that this game gets traction with with me and because of that I'm like yeah this is scoring a lot higher than I thought I was going to score it um Eugene says uh, you know how much energy it takes to be dishonest and keep that up. Just painful amounts of energy. Ain't got time to lie about liking a game. Especially with how my propensity is to dismiss a game maybe too quickly. That's my propensity. Is like, don't like it. Like, my propensity is not to, like, fake it until I make it. Like, if I don't like a game, I'm usually like, peace. There's other games coming out. <clears throat> isn't there also a gap between Oscar-worthy movies and the summer blockbusters that people love to watch? Well, and I, I think that's well-stated, Zubair. Like, you you gave me the analogy, and I kind of come back to it every now and again. It's like, this is a double cheeseburger. This is a greasy, fast-food double cheeseburger. You know, sometimes I want to reverse sear a ribeye and cook some asparagus to perfection. And, like, have it all all nice on the plate. And have, like, a glass of bourbon. And have, like, that's my quintessential meal. That's my my final meal, right? You know? This is your final meal. That's what I would choose. But sometimes I'm Robert Downey Jr. And I'm like, dude, get me a freaking cheeseburger. Like, that's all I want. Like he does in Iron Man. And he just wolfs down these cheeseburgers. Sometimes you just want a double cheeseburger. And it's like, there are video games that are like Ghost of Tsushima to me, or Hellblade, or Ori, or The Last of Us, or God of War. They're like works of art. They're they're masterpieces. And then there's Kill the Justice League. Irreverent, silly, goofy, looter shooter, run around, blow stuff up, slam the ground. Like, it's a double cheeseburger. It's like, oh man, sometimes I'm in the mood. Or this, like, this is fun. And I think that's why this game has potential. I think this game can hook people on the console market especially because they'll say, and I, and, I, and I think some of the pricing criticisms on Steam where they're like, well, they're giving it a good score, but then they're saying wait for a sale. I think that dialogue all completely reverses in halfway, six weeks into season one. I'll say it. So that's uh, season one starts in March. And then six weeks in, the second story episode starts. I think that's when people say, "Okay, all right, we th- okay, this actually works. This game, this game's got got legs." No disrespect, but your commentary on Suicide Squad can apply to Starfield. In what way? What do you mean, Dark City? I have said for a very long time, I value the user score over the critics heavily. I have been saying that for nine months or more. I've been saying that since before Starfield came out, after it came out. I've always said, the user score matters more. I don't care that you convinced 80 people to give you, you know, decent or padded scores. I don't care about that. When I got tens of thousands of people reviewing a game, that's where I go. 
That's who I rely on. I think gamers have the final say. Always. Always. Because they're going to determine the money and the revenue anyway. Not your Metacritic score, which is heavily related to tomorrow's topic. Prior to the release, Lona was saying Kill the Justice League was going to be good. Got to continue the narrative. No. See, what you're doing is, is you're insinuating that I'm being dishonest. I'm the first person to throw up a thumbnail. It's like, I was wrong. If I was wrong about this game, I would have been the first person to say it. Why? It's good content, and I would probably get better viewership on those streams, on those videos. I could do a whole series of why kill the Justice League stinks. Like, I could do a whole series and probably get more viewership and and make more money. There's a lot of motivation in not telling you what I really think right now. Is that it's fun. I like it. I think the critics are getting this one wrong. I think this is a slow burn. That was a gold badge saying this. I don't know. I'm not sure why you would insinuate I'm keeping up a a narrative. Authenticity. This guy isn't authentic. Look at Grand Blue Fantasy Relink review numbers. If it weren't for that in Power World, more people would have bought Suicide Squad. It'd be a different story. You're saying I'm not authentic? Why are you saying that? How am I not being authentic? I know for sure that wasn't what he said because our opinion was aligned on this. He said it might surprise people. It might be better than people think. Sneaky Wolf says, I'm getting told I'm lying. What did you say, Sneaky Wolf? You wanted me to look earlier. Um, my li- Lono, go read my last comment. People are telling me I'm lying. Suicide, Suicide Squad launched with a few bugs. Full working cross-play and cross-progression. Great graphics and story. Really fun gameplay and a promising roadmap. This game needs more flowers. Yeah, where's the lie? Where's the lie? And then Lono changed his mind when he realized the game sucked. Which game are you talking about, Rich Rod? To be fair, Bethesda had Lono on the Starfield gameplay until release. Yeah, that's true. I watched... Listen, listen. I I, I watched that Starfield Direct and I thought... Oh, this, this, they got something here, dude. And let me tell you something. They still do. They, they st- Excuse me, I didn't mean to burp on the mic on the Zoom. That This didn't go as planned. Abort. They still do. <laughs> they still do. <laughs> anyway. I completely disrupted my train of thought. The point is, is that... The point is, I actually would never, ever... I would never hold to, oh, it's good, if I didn't actually think that. Now, let me ask you a question. What do you think is more interesting? Somebody who's willing to just be like, this is what I think, even if it's not going with the, you know, the hive mind right now, if it's not going with the click rate, if it's not going with what everybody else is saying, isn't that more interesting to be like, well, (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, this guy's a little crazy because everybody's saying that the game is a five or a six, and he's giving it an eight and a half. You know, I I feel like that's more interesting to at least be like, well, at least he's being genuine. At least he's being honest about what he thinks. Lone Wolf says, I called out uh, IGN. You aren't the arbiter of truth. You aren't right. The consumer's opinions on this game differ greatly from yours by a wide margin. I'd argue that means you're wrong. Across all platforms, the users have spoken. Get off your high horse. I'm accidentally retweeting that. Oops. Um. <laughs> um. Anyway, hang on. Why am I getting Why am I getting DMs here? Yeah, I, I, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't with Twitter right now. Oh, golly. Get out. It's crazy. It's 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 mayhem out there, boys. It's mayhem on Twitter. You folks, it's where people are lying or weird. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean that other people enjoying it are not real. Yeah, like, l- let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. If I was sitting here saying that the game was good and it had a 60% on Steam and a 60% on Xbox and a 60% on PlayStation, I think you'd have an easier time being like, I don't know, Lono, you're 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 on some kind of a wavelength that a lot of people don't seem to be on. Are you are you feeling okay? Do you have a fever, Lono? Or what's the matter with you? But when I have roughly seven thousand people have scored this game across three platforms, giving it an average score between eighty-five and ninety percent. Well, is it that hard to believe I'm one of those people that I'm enjoying the game. Is it that hard to believe? It's like, that's a lot of people that are having a good time. You know, there's a lot of people that have been, I'll tell you what's going on. Do you want to know what's going on? I'm just going to say it. I think Destiny and Borderlands have helped this game. I mean it. Destiny is in a lull, down bad. Folks are like, dude, I want something to freaking play. And then Borderlands, we haven't had a Borderlands game in a while. Both those audiences, they'll play games like this. And I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of people from those two game funnels that are like, this game's kind of fun, bro. You were right about Starfield and the internet tried to crucify you for it. Funny thing about that, isn't it? There is a popular video on YouTube right now comparing Arkham Knight's graphics to Suicide Squad and it's pretty apparent they're using a texture mod. I made a comment that they were being slightly deceptive in the comparison. Some random guys just attacked me. I told you guys that that footage didn't seem legitimate and I got shredded for it. And I'm like, dude, I played Arkham Knight. I loved Arkham Knight. Arkham Knight don't look like that, bro. I did side-by-side comparisons of Harley Quinn. We went to Google, we looked for screenshots, and I'm like, yo, Harley Quinn looks way better in Kill the Justice League. Way more detail, skin texture, clothing, the lighting, all of it. All of it. And then I saw that clip, and I'm like, oh, that's so freaking fake. If I've ever seen fake before, that game didn't have that level of lighting detail on the on the, uh, on the the characters and stuff. The world looks incredible. Arkham Knight deserves its flowers to this day. To this day, it looks good. But those side-by-side comparisons 
are 100% not equal. They're not equal at all. You, you could take any old game and boost it up with mods, texture passes, and lighting updates and be like, look at this game. This game's eight years old and looks better than this game. And it's like, well, of course it does. You, you souped it up. That's not a comparison. You could do that with anything. The comparison's nonsense to begin with. Now they're manipulating it to drive numbers down. I play it every year. I also have that exact mod installed on my PC, so I know for sure. I told you, I was like, my gut instinct was this is not a fair comparison. It's like, I played that game up one side, down the other. I 200%ed it. My Arkham Knight never looked like that. I was like, I knew. I was like, that's got to be like a souped up PC or something. And did they compare it? to the game on a souped up PC with all the graphics turned all the way up on Kill the Justice League? I didn't watch the video. I'm genuinely asking. Or did they compare it to like console? Because you can make this game sing on a, on a high-end PC. It'll look, it'll look real good. They did an excellent job with the graphics and the lighting and the characters. Like it looks really, really nice. I don't think it looks bad on console, but we all know you can always soup a game up to be significant. No one can say it looks bad. Not, not. I don't think, honestly, no. I don't think you can be honest and say it looks bad. Digital Foundry has praised this game. They, they, John Lindemann's like, these are some of the best looking characters I've seen. Like, what are we talking about? They didn't specify in the video. Oh, I'm so shocked. Because people that actually do comparisons do the due diligence to inform the viewer exactly what you're comparing. They do full transparency. Right? They don't they don't juice up the game and throw on a mod and it just whoops a daisy fail to tell you. When you said people can have an opinion on this disgusting amalgamation of ideas they call a story. Right, you listen, you you're allowed to not like it, Tom. Uh, Tom Swarter. You're allowed to not like the game, but to, to act as if it's just been—it's just—it's a—it's a, it's a hard and firm conclusion that it's bad, it's trash, it's garbage. It's like, what? Like you're allowed to think that. You're 100% allowed to think that. But that doesn't mean that that's what it is. Lona just likes the game, y'all. I think it's not worth 70, but glad he likes it. Jeremy B, let me ask you a question about that. In the realm of it not being worth $70, do you think it reaches a point where it is worth the $70? Let's say by the time we get to the third season, there's seven playable characters. There's, at that point in time, there'll be six episodes of story added, new content, new gear, new activities, all sorts of new stuff. At that point, do you think it's suddenly worth $70? It's, I feel like this game is going to... I, one of my concerns that I talked about whenever I uh, walked through the game and the details about the game is I was like, I was worried about game bloat. If I come to this game two or three seasons in, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's like too much to do. It'll almost overwhelm the player. Too many characters to choose from. Too many... Still no. You still don't think it would be worth it. Why would it... At that point in time... In your estimation as a consumer, why would you think, nope, still not worth it? What's what's your what's your reasoning for that? Pay now, get later? I mean, it's a live service game, is it not? Why would that be a problem? It's completely free. 
Like, I don't have a problem with that. I feel like I got a decent game at launch as far as size goes. I feel like it's a good game as far as the entire package. With respect to size, I think it's decently sized for a live service game. You need people in before Season 1 at 40 buying the Battle Pass Hero for 10. There's a real possibility the game shuts down before getting all the free content. So $70 is a risky bet right now. No, I don't think so. I think they're committed. I think they're committed for at least the content that's been planned. I don't think they I don't think they pull the plug. At the very least, since they baked in the roadmap into the post-credit scene, we get at least a year of content. I don't think they'd be able to do that. I think that would be that would be disastrous. To like literally have a post-credit scene that shows four seasons of content coming, and after like one season, be like, "Nope, we're pulling the plug." Like, I think bare minimum, you at least get one year of content. If it's completely a commercial disaster, then sure, they, yeah, like Anthem, they could just like bloop, pull the plug on it. I really pray that doesn't happen. I really like Rocksteady, and I think this game, it just, I think it's so much better than it's getting credit for. Rock said he might be committed, but I don't trust WB one bit. I can appreciate not trusting a big company. I, I think that there's there's good reason for that. I can't I can't push back on that at all. A gifted member from Joker Quinn coming in. Um Anthem's 10 years of free content was great. Well, the this company's not promising 10 year of free content, Paul, and they've given a lot more specificity to what we're going to get. Anthem's roadmap was super generic and almost immediately edited. They were like, "Well, hang on a minute." And they kicked a bunch of stuff down the road. Also, Paul, to be fair, it's such a false equivalency because Anthem out of the gate like was buggy, glitchy. They spent how many weeks just getting rid of the bugs and glitches? Then beyond that, they spent weeks like trying to like police the player base doing all this bad stuff. Then it was like, well, yeah, there's no end game. This game's a far more complete package at launch. Like they're not like trying to piece the game back together again right now, like Anthem was. Anthem had far more bigger fish to fry in its early days that caused the entire roadmap to basically get jettisoned down the road. Oiled up Wesker picking a membership. You got it's it's called gifted for a reason. That's reserved for gifted members, man. Thank you and welcome. As if you pick that tier, that's basically like the sample tier. You can get into our Discord. You can come to this Friday night's uh, going to be a hilly hijinks night. That's open to everybody. So you get to come to that. You can kind of sample. If you really like all that content, consider bumping up by one more dollar to the member tier. So you've chosen five bucks. That's a great way to sample what we do here. Personally, I think the game should be called Mid. It does have annoying factors. Uh, you probably only play this game for the story. Combat isn't huge enough. Uh, it's canon to Arkhamverse, which is sad. Here's the thing, Lushy. I actually think people are going to change their mind about that. I think Rocksteady is doing the Arkhamverse a lot of justice, and nobody sees it yet. I think people rage-watched a bunch of clips on Twitter, and they're like, Kevin Conroy, his Batman has been ruined. And it's like, first and foremost, he was excited to do this. Secondly, the people that are doing that to you and putting those clips on Twitter, man, they didn't pay attention. I saw a really great theory. The Flash gets his finger cut off when he's good Flash. But 
his fingers back later. I'm just going to drop that breadcrumb in your lap. That's what I'll, I'll just do that. How about that? When the Flash is the good version of the Flash, before Batman gets him, Boomerang chops his finger off. And he's got his finger back later. That's just, well, let's just put a little breadcrumb out there to be like, I don't think you know what's going on. I don't think you or the people who ran through this game as fast as they could to review it, I don't think they paid attention. I don't think they listened to what anybody said. There's a lot. There is a lot. He can heal. He doesn't regrow tissue. That's never been the Flash's abilities. He can time travel. Okay. All right. That's one breadcrumb. There's a lot more breadcrumbs. That's terrible writing if true. I don't agree with you. I don't even think you understand what I'm hinting at. Like, I think people need to understand. (laughs) They gotta understand that. (laughs) Really good storytelling will make you feel like all is lost. There's no hope. And then you look to the east at the third day. Right? Like, you you look to the east, and you're like, oh, here it comes. Oh, okay, I got it. We we messed up. We We judged this game too early. People people need to understand. Then King Shark gets powering. That's bad writing, as it cannot happen that way. I had people in my chat saying if you have a strong enough will that you can. Like, I had people saying that, right? Can anyone wear the green lantern ring? It takes a tremendous amount of willpower to be able to properly wield a green lantern power ring. If a random person without sufficient willpower were to find it and put it on, they would be na- they'd be unable to get it to do much of anything. That's according to Google. Can anyone wield a green lantern ring? Yes, but the wielder needs to have a high level of willpower. It seems like one person in the group would be potentially able to do that given raw strength and godlike status. Right? It's not like Harley put it on. It was like, oh, it's cute. And like blew up a building. The comic writers of Green Lantern have come out and said it can't happen. Oh, all the people in charge of Green Lantern's canon that's constantly reset, changed, and written by different people, they all came out and said that together? That they hold like a meeting? Really? Since when is there like a group of people who can determine what a hero can or can't do? That's that's not a thing in comic books. Shark's a god, right? Yeah, like he talks about it multiple times. He's like, it's basically like beneath him to be hanging out with a bunch of mortals. The dude's a god. People are like, yeah, you can't do that. And I was like, I just did a quick Google search, and it says that if you have extraordinary willpower, you could. And 
he barely is able to do it and it lasts for like 60 seconds he doesn't like spend the rest of the game as the new green lantern it's called lore cannon so everything i've searched online that corroborates what people said in my chat the other day that's wrong you're you're correct you're the right person in the room and everyone else is wrong so I had, I've got two different websites tracking comic lore that said if someone has extraordinary willpower, they could. And a godlike shark being did it for 45 seconds. It seems like maybe that you don't know what comics are and what comic book characters can do. <laughs> ben says he is literally a god. Um... Ah, nobody with 22 months of membership. Sorry, Lona, but I tried to enjoy it, but after the Batman fight, I can't continue to play it. I'm not trying to convince anybody to play it. Paul says, come on, it's all based on comics. Lore is lore until it's not. This is going to be fascinating. Thanks for analyzing this game progression of coverage. I appreciate that. Uh, Alec Trevelyan. He's literally a god. Nanawe, if you want to pronounce it. You're talking to a literal bot, says Eugene. Yeah, I guess that's my question is, why did I just search it on Google and found two different comic book lore sites that said the literal thing someone said in my chat the other day? They said if someone has extraordinary willpower, they'd be able to do it. And an actual god does it for like 45 seconds. That tracks. That tracks. It's like, yeah, he he managed to do it for a teeny bit. And then that was that was the end of that. I don't think I don't see like there's some big misstep here. Ganks with 34 months in a VIP. He's uh hey, also, this is Rock City's universe, so they can do whatever the frick they want. Just think people should keep that in mind. Also, two months away from three years and a ten dollar tip from oiled up Wesker. Hey Lono, I used to interact in your chat some years ago. You might remember me. I used to be Volus Vanguard. Uh, I just recently moved and got a new job. Glad to see your videos showing up again. Well, glad to have you back, and thank you for the $10 tip. If you guys want to support the stream, one of the best ways to do that is with your own membership. Pick the $6 tier, the member tier, and you get into all of the stuff that we do. This Friday night's a stream with Hilly. Every 25 new members, and I give five back. You don't have to sit around and wait for people to gift. You can make room in the gifted pool by picking up your own membership, and then we have a big goal this week of hitting 3,000 members. His chat GPT is a few versions behind, I guess, says Eugene. I love it when people get angry and argue with fictional characters. I, I love it when people argue and they're wrong. This guy, you're going too far. Um, I'm coming to this late mid-show, so I may have missed this. But on the Steam, but on the Steam score matter, did Lono address the semi-controversy about thousands of Steam scores maybe being deleted? Yeah, that's a lie, and it's false. It's not true. Welcome back in, Paul. Thanks for renewing your membership. It's not true. 
I checked the Steam score all weekend. We had members in the Discord checking the Steam score all weekend. It was never at 7,000 and had 5,000 disappear. That I've never seen that happen on Steam to begin with. A five bomb comes in from on nobody. He's like, come on, boys, let's hit the goal. You guys have hit the goals like every week. You guys hit 2750 last week, 2500 the week before. Let's hit 3000 this week. We we watched the score all weekend. It would have been it would have been reported in the games media if the Steam review score got up to 7000 and then suddenly dropped back down to 2000. Th- that would have been recorded and seen. Somebody would have seen it and had screenshots. Somebody would have reported on that. Nobody did because it didn't happen. I was checking it all weekend and refreshing. I have a, I have literally a bookmark folder called Suicide Squad Scores, and I would middle mouse click it, and it would open up Steam, PlayStation, and Xbox. I was checking it all weekend to be like, all right, what's it doing? How's it doing? Because I knew I was going to be covering this Monday. It never hit 7,000 reviews. Listen, when your player peaks at 13,000, people want to draw attention to that, right? Like the player peaks aren't that great. That's true. I'm hoping it can build over time. But people point to the player peaks, right? Do you honestly think if a game only hits a 13,000 player peak that 7,000 reviews would have been on there? No. Thank you, Oiled Up Wesker, for upgrading your membership. I know that's a little confusing. We tried to make it obvious by naming it Gifted Member VIP. $5 Gifted is reserved for like a trial status, so we gift the members. Folks get to try it out, and then if they want to upgrade, they can. Quest Lazy with a $10 Super Chat tip says, What people don't get is it's not the Arkhamverse anymore. It's the Arkham Multiverse. There are 12 other Earths where things might have happened differently or certain things haven't happened yet. That's another thing that's completely lost on people because they're rage-watching clips on Twitter instead of playing the game and enjoying the story. Paul says, 13,000 player peak and 7,000 reviews does not even make sense. Yeah, it doesn't track. You will never see that many reviews on a game when it's not having super strong Steam charts. Steam database is estimating 50 to 80,000 sales on Steam, so 7,000 reviews would be plausible. Not saying reviews were deleted, but it's plausible. I'm just going to tell you, Mediocre Milton, we were checking it all weekend. I was checking it all day Friday. I checked it multiple times Saturday, and I checked it multiple times yesterday because I was writing my monologue. It would have been reported on. You don't just nuke 5,000 reviews into thin air. That, that doesn't happen. Steam doesn't do that. When has Steam ever done that? If a game starts to get negative reviews, we've seen really, really big name titles get shredded on Steam. Why would Kill the Justice League get some sort of like special treatment? Lone Wolf with a $5 Super Chat tip. I wonder if these same people who are outraged about the game not adhering to comic lore are upset about the Guardians movies. Maybe. Some people are mad at everything. Some people are mad at the world. Right? Everything makes them mad. It's possible. If if you guys have hit the new... Um, um, if you guys have hit the subscribe button today, thank you so much for doing that. Make sure and smash that like button. Let's get 17 more likes and take that to 300. I don't have an upload for you guys today. I uh, I didn't have time to do one yesterday. That doesn't make sense, though, because they never expanded on it as if a multi-Arkhamverse, unless I'm missing something. Did you play the game, Lushy? 
They never expanded on if it was a multi-Archimverse. They didn't? Are you sure about that? Did you play the game? You end up on Earth 2, and you talk to a character that's not from your Earth, but yeah, I mean... Like I said, stop rage-watching clips on Twitter! Play the game! It's a good story! It kills me! Like, get over the fact that, like, your favorite character might, maybe, for a teeny bit, appear to be comic book dead. Just get over that for a second! And just play the game! It's a good game! (laughs) It kills me! It's like, yeah, but they pee on the Flash and Batman's dead! Oh my gosh! Just play it! <laughs> uh, now again, if you're like, I don't like the content loop, I don't like the gameplay, I don't like live service, sure, then you probably won't have a good time. But don't be sitting on the sidelines acting like, this game's trash, the story's trash, and you don't even understand how the, they're doing, you don't even understand how they're telling the story, it hurts my brain. I, I feel so bad for Rocksteady. I feel so bad. They brought so much creativity to this story, and everybody's fixated on the fact that you do what's in the title you kill the justice league and they're like fixated on that it's like but it's a good game get over that oh hang on somebody super chatted super chat from bass gato sad thing is people will miss out on a good game or he said she said bs people want to hate it for no reason Man said they never let you know it's a multiverse. First off, I'm not on Twitter. Craps for brain dead people. Okay, okay. Second, I'm not that deep into the lore itself. That's why I'm asking, is this a multi-Arkhamverse? Plus, I've only heard it was canon. I've never raged. Okay, Lushy, you gotta remember sometimes. When I start ranting like that, I'm zooming out and talking about the bigger picture, okay? You haven't played the game if you're asking that question. You're like, wait, do they make it clear it's a multiverse? Again, you you haven't played if you're asking that question. It is extremely obvious what's going on. Nobody's talking about that because you can throw a clip on Twitter. I'm not saying you're doing that. People can throw a clip on Twitter of Batman dying and get millions of views and rage clicks and retweets. And it's like, nobody knows what's going on because all those people haven't played the game they haven't it's like how do you explain the player numbers on steam I would explain the player numbers on steam in a variety of ways number one it did not get good marketing so it didn't get wishlisted as highly as it probably would have number two they're B-list characters. They're not going to have the same draw as Avengers. People actually think that's some kind of a win to be like, oh, 13,000 players. You know, Avengers peak was what, 28,000 or whatever? It's like, yeah, this, these are B-list characters. And the marketing really hurt it. I mean, I'll always admit that. The marketing really hurt this game. They did not do a good job. They should have stuck to the story sequences and probably should have shown should should have shown more of the mechanical fights than like the mindless open world shoot the purple you know spots but whatever hindsight's always 2020 they should have focused more on like traversal as well 
in any case no I don't think the steam numbers are shocking at all I don't I also think of all of the things that could have happened with this game it's far better that it launched to what seems like a group of people that are enjoying it and it has a good review score so if it slowly builds over time and people come back around and they're like oh there's a new character oh there's new content let me check it out it's going to have good review scores in all the storefronts I think that's going to be compelling to people I'm watching the Rad Brad and I've seen them get teleported but I'm only going off articles and what was shared I didn't consider the fact that since this was a scene it was considered multi Lushy. I'm, I'm, I'm dying. I'm dying with how much I feel like people are cutting off their nose to spite their face. It's like, I'm playing this game, and every time there's a new story revelation, I'm like, Rocksteady's doing a great job. They're telling a great story. And they're getting absolutely just bludgeoned by expectations that they didn't set. That's fundamentally what it is. Even when you read the reviews, it's like, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, the graphics are great. Yeah, writing, character models, right? Blah, 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 blah. And then they give it a four. Gilly says, thank you for the gifted membership. I was AFK. Well, glad to see you getting one, Gilly. Welcome on in. All I hear is reasons why this game isn't hitting for many. Well, I think people voted with their wallets I think they saw I think they saw the marketing and they were like that's not the game that I wanted from Rocksteady that's what they should do I think that's what though that's what they should do right why why buy the game and then just be mad and then give it a bad score I think people looked at the at the content and said but I don't want to do that If you reach the Batman fight, the story really starts dropping at that point. I know what happens in the story, and I think it's good. I think it's creative. I like it. I like their ideas. I like their take on this. Have you heard of talked about the data mine voice lines? No, I don't want to get into stuff like that that might spoil it for people. Most folks aren't even touching the game. They see it set in the Arkham universe, and it isn't Arkham Combat. They immediately judge it as a bad game. There's no stopping the negative press now. I, I'm not kidding you. I, I'm telling you, I think this game is scrappy. I think this game's got a shot. I think their content model has a shot. I think the fact that the console user base is giving it a 90, I think it's got a shot. I think it's got a shot to capture people. I think it's got a shot to have word of mouth make people say, well, my friend told me to check it out and he's having a blast with it and they just added new content or they just added the Joker or they just added Mr. Freeze. I'm, I'm going to check that game out. Especially if they, you know, if I don't know if they want to drop the price too soon. I think that might be like really bad on the optics, but I could see them before season three being like, hey, we're dropping the price. Yeah, Emmanuel, I I think that the way the consumers are judging it shows what I've been trying to say, that the game has potential, and I think people are going to enjoy it, and I think we're seeing that. Like, I don't think you get a 90% on Xbox and PlayStation, and an 85% on Steam. I don't think you get that with a garbage game or a trash game. 
how many garbage and trash games have we seen come out and it's not hard to know their scores are terrible everywhere look at Redfall's score look at Kong look at Gollum is anybody in doubt about what the consumers thought about those games those games are trash look at their review scores I don't think you can like dupe the public into giving a game a good score it's not possible like somehow miraculously this game's just getting 90% with the console audience plenty of games have come out and been literal trash heaps like Avengers as an example has a 60% on Xbox and a 60% on Steam why? Do we really need to ask, you know ask the question? Because it was they were they were it was a terrible game. I think a game starting out like this has way more has way more of a shot because it can slowly build over time and get more people to try it out. Redfall currently has a 2.2 in the Xbox store. That's what I'm saying like the the, the fact that this game was scored 1 point higher than Redfall by IGN and when you go to Redfall's score on Xbox it's a 2.2 and this game's got double that it's a 4.4 like come on breaking news Phil Spencer will be on closing bell overtime today CNBC sources say he'll be on to speak of the recent rumors to reiterate the Xbox strategy he already addressed months ago a weird place to do that but we'll see Lono this game will die soon only those who wanted to love this game bought it they're biased but the game is garbage and eventually they'll all admit it no I don't think so no why would I admit it's garbage if it if it commercially flops that doesn't mean that it's garbage it means that the market didn't buy it enough we've had a lot of good games not get a ton of commercial success like Immortals of Avium Immortals of Avium wasn't garbage and the people that bought Immortals of Avium and the people that liked Immortals of Avium aren't suddenly like yeah it's trash because it didn't do commercially well right like people don't retroactively change their mind about a game because of the financials right well yeah I, I liked Immortals of Avium but uh you know it uh it didn't do well, so I'm changing my vote. Immortals of Avium has a 75% on Steam. And the most recent scores are a little bit better, 82%. You think all those people are going to like turn around and be like, yeah, it was trash? Immortals looks good. Less people played that, less people bought that. It doesn't even have, it has barely a thousand reviews on Steam. Jackson Birch says, this is not a Tlu 2 hate situation. This game has a decent story, but that's it. The boss fights are terribly mindless, and while the feel of combat isn't bad, the enemy variety and level design isn't. My only pushback on what you're saying, Jason, is, is I, don't, I don't want to equate this to a Tlu 2 hate situation either. However, I want to push back on some of what you're saying. I think the combat depth, variety, and boss fights are exactly where they need to be for a live service game. I think the people that are playing this game on console, it's built for them. 
It is. I think if you're looking for like tons of enemy variety, I'm always curious about that because how much enemy variety was there in the Arkham Knight? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Come on. It's fine. You don't need a ton of enemy variety. Why? You don't because you fight those guys. It feels good. They add some new guys. It feels good. A couple maybe different guys. And largely you're fighting the same, you know, the same cascade of characters and enemies for the entirety of the game. And that's totally fine. It's not a problem. Now, the boss fights in, like, Arkham Knight and, and others, like, there was obviously the tank fight that, like, nobody liked. But generally speaking, it's like, did you did you, did you you go and add up all the enemy types in Arkham Knight? Did you? Because a lot of the times they do the same thing. They just change what the characters look like. These guys are fighting for the Joker. Well, these guys are fighting for Two-Face. Or these guys are fighting for Scarecrow. Or these guys are just open world thugs or whatever. Like, I, I don't think that they have done enough with respect to enemy and content loop variety. That's what the roadmap is for. I think they have set the table. I think they've set the table rather well. But that doesn't mean there aren't gaps. The ongoing content model is typically used to fill in those gaps. Honestly, with most live service games, I like I think that's the expectation is they set the table, you have a good time, you get hooked by the content loop and the, the looties and the shooties, and then you move on from there. For me, fighting the same guy always on the rooftops gets old quick. Same with the missions. For me, again, all the dev time, and this is what we got. Yeah, but again, I always find that summary to be not reflective of my experience. So I'm not saying that you're wrong. My experience has not been fighting the same guys on rooftops. Yes, you're primarily on rooftops. You're not really down in the streets all that often. Now, sometimes they set it up to where there's something down in the streets and you got to keep coming back to that thing, you know, to like charge it or whatever. But generally speaking, I have found the fights to be very different. There are fights where you've got all these different mechanics you've got to get rid of, and then you can attack the thing. There are fights where none of that matters. You're just getting spammed with enemies while you're trying to, like, rescue hostages. Then there are fights where you're constantly getting, like, barraged by snipers, and you're having to land counter shots while you're focusing on clearing the area. And if you don't clear the area, then she can't do the hack. And then there's a guy in the area that you have to go kill, like a mini-boss, and if you don't kill that mini-boss, then she can't get through the hack. Now, those are all different fights, and they all play differently depending on the modifiers. And that's just three that I thought of off the top of my head. Three or four. So I don't feel like I've just run from rooftop to rooftop and like shot the same guys. My experience has differed from that summary. The Deathstroke season will be the deciding factor. Thank you, Quest Lazy, for the $5 super chat. Um... Yeah, I think the problem is, Emmanuel, like, you might be getting questioned. When you say things like, the game is garbage and eventually they'll admit it. Like, that just sounds like there's so much baked into that. I don't know how to read that charitably. 
How am I supposed to read that as somebody who's enjoying it? 22 hours, playing with my wife, having a good time. We've got a clan. We're all having fun. But you're saying, I'm going to admit it's garbage later. Like, I'm either too stupid now to realize it, or I'm in denial, or something. There's some flaw in me, either a character flaw, like I'm being dishonest, or like a perception flaw, where like, I can't see that it's bad. Like, I think that's the problem. You can be like, I think it looks like trash. I don't think a lot of people bought it. That's why it's got a good score. The people that bought it are the primary ones that were that were interested in it. And it's like, yeah, you're probably right. I said that in my show open. I think a lot of people didn't buy it because of the marketing, and that's helping the score. Admit it right now. Admit what? <laughs> garbage can be fun. Enjoy it. But it's not garbage. No. See, again, that's that's where the condescension comes from. Instead of just saying, it's not for me, I don't like those kinds of games, you're like, no, it's garbage. You're enjoying garbage. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I've been playing video games since the Coleco. I've got a pretty good bead on what quality is, and I can assess a game's quality. And I think this game checks a lot of boxes, and... I'm enjoying it. And so are a bunch of other people. If you assess the game's quality according to the market, the market is saying it's an 85 or a 90%. You know? To be like, well, they're enjoying garbage. It's like, no, they're not. When did they put anyone down? We've been through this before with you. The fact that you can't see how condescending that is is a lack of self-awareness. Like, to tell somebody that they're enjoying garbage. Like, you're allowed to enjoy garbage. It's just so... It's just... I I don't know what else to call it. It's a big cup of hubris. It's like, well, okay. (laughs) You know? Come on. Gears? Oh, barrier. Yeah, there's nothing. It's everything's coming. I think. Zubair says, listen, to be fair, Emmanuel may struggle with English and not understand what he's implying. I'm also not putting anyone down. I don't think he struggles with English. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. It's an amazing, fun game. Uh, Lono got offended by a chatter. If you think I get offended by someone coming into the stream and saying that, I don't think you're familiar with me or my content. Like, I'm not offended. I'm explaining to him why he's getting a negative reaction in the chat. I'm not offended. You think it's you think you can ruffle my feathers? I'm not just going back and forth with your chat. Oh, I'm just going back and forth with your chat. Sure, and there's a lot of people here that are having a good time with this game and being like, yeah, you're you're allowed to. You're allowed to enjoy trash. <laughs> no, no, no. He's not a troll. He's not a troll, Stone Spire. J.R. Bruce Lee with 18 months and a VIP. Quick note, I love the bit where King Shark stands in front of Wonder Woman and she just slides him to the side. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> She's just like... <laughs> He's not offended until he shuts down the stream. Ask me how I know. Even that day, I wasn't offended. I was just done. I was like, all right, I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. 
I can get Lono offended. I don't believe it. I don't agree with Emmanuel about the game at all, but he did give reasons uh, when I asked why he thinks it's trash. I said before that my opinion's never fact. We're not even having that debate today. We're not having a discussion about whether or not your opinion is fact. It's when two people come together and say, I, I like the game, I'm having fun, and the other's like, yeah, I don't. I think it looks trashy. I think it looks like garbage. They can have sort of like a mutual understanding of like, oh, we think differently about this game. But you go further than that when you say, yeah, you know, feel free to enjoy garbage. You're allowed to enjoy garbage. You'll admit it's garbage one day. Well, now we're having a different conversation. Now there's this weird passive power play that has taken place where like you're trying to usurp your opinion to the level of your narrative is now my narrative. No, it's garbage. You're enjoying garbage. And it's like, what? Now we're having a different conversation. It's instead of just saying we have different perspectives on the game, you're like, no, no, no. Mine's a meta perspective. My perspective touches yours because it's better. I have a superior position, intellect, opinion, whatever. I'm basically telling you what you're playing and what you're experiencing. You keep picking up on conversation snippets and you're taking them out of context? Really? That's what I'm doing? So when you said that you said... Lono, this game will die soon. Only those who wanted to love the game bought it. They're biased, but the game is garbage, and eventually, they'll all admit it. Did I rip that out of context, or did I read that in its entirety? Because I feel like I read that in its entirety, and it's asserting that the people enjoying it aren't enjoying it because they enjoy it. It's because they're biased, and eventually they'll admit that that it's garbage. Right? And then saying, Lono, garbage can be fun. Enjoy it. Did I misunderstand that quote too? Or you directly said it to me? Did I misunderstand that? Yep, Lono, it's what you're doing. So your defense of what you said is that I took individual sentences that you directed to me and I ripped them from context will grace us with the context. What context did I remove? What's what's the what's the missing context here? I I would love to know. I love studying language, linguistics and breaking down sentences in context and translation. I that I've got a history in that. I'd want to know. The other ones were out of context. No, those are the only two things I took issue with you. I said that you said people will eventually admit it's garbage, and you said it's okay to enjoy garbage. Those were the two things I took issue with. That's every that's everything that I pushed against in this back and forth. Those two statements. That's it. I was like, you're not just coming to the table and saying, I think it's garbage. You know, you're free to like it. It's you're enjoying garbage. That, again, that's where I'm like, I'm I'm try I'm trying to show you, there's a there's like this line in the middle that gets crossed. It's like, I don't like it, 
I like it. You like garbage. You'll admit it's garbage one day. Now we're talking about two different things now. Because when when two people express like differing of opinions, it can be extremely informative. Oh, well, why do you like it? And they list all the reasons. And you're like, oh, you, you like Borderlands-style games, Destiny-style games. I get it now. I have a better understanding of why you like it. Why didn't you like it? And they outline all the reasons. And they're like, here's all the reasons I didn't like it. And then you have like a deeper understanding of why they liked it or disliked it or whatever. And in those, and in those exchanges, you're literally just sort of like, you're basically just kind of like holding up signs and bullet points and saying like, here's what I think and here's why, right? It, that's all well and good and you can say as, as scathing as a review as you want it's trash, stories boring, characters are lame, gameplay is a snooze fest and, la- and lay it all out as soon as you stop doing that and you start telling that other person it's, it's you're okay, it's fine dude, enjoy garbage, you're allowed to enjoy garbage, like wait what? yeah, you'll admit it's garbage one day with, huh? Those aren't the same statements. Those aren't the same conversation checkpoints. Nicholas Hill with a $5 super chat tip says, doesn't matter if Suicide Squad is good, Suicide Squad is good or bad. Dragon's Dogma 2 is going to take over and be the next big game. Not at 30 FPS, it's not. <laughs> listen, listen. Dragon's Dogma 2 does look really dope. It does. I think it's going to be tough at 30 FPS to sell. I think a lot of people are going to be like, what in the frick is this? What happened? The story is terrible. They literally destroyed the Arkham games. Bro, you need online for this to play this. What? Why? The only thing the game has going for it is the graphics. And I think that they didn't destroy the Arkham story or the Arkham verse. I think that people aren't paying attention. I'm just going to keep saying that. I'm going to keep saying that. People are not paying attention. This story is good. This story's cool. This story's got good elements. And you're not you're not picking up any of it because you raged watched Batman die and you think that they've just ruined everything. It's like, "All right." Offline's coming later. Yeah, offline is coming later. I will always agree with the people on that one, though, by the way. I, I, I 100% agree with you. I think this game would have maybe fared better or gotten a little bit better treatment from some people if they could have just played the story offline. I think that initial sour taste of you can't play because the servers are down or, yeah, you got to wait to log into the servers. I think that initial sour taste sets the game up to get kind of brutalized by some folks. Like, why the frick couldn't I just play this game offline? I have no problem agreeing with that at all. No, I have no problem agreeing with that. <clears throat> I thought that was debunked. There was fake there was a fake art piece floating around about Dragon's Dogma, but the we have heard that it's targeting 30 on console and then if you go to the uh, to the steam page here 
you'll notice and again this is this is not you know locked in or whatever but here's your recommended specs all right you know GeForce 2080 estimated performance uh 216030 and then the minimum same thing now beastly rigs don't have to probably worry about this right cuz a 2080 you know but here's the problem with that like how many people on steam are at or around hovering a 2080 rig in strength you know the percentage of the consumer base that's above this is very small a 2080 is a good card still to this day it's a good card and most again the data points to a lot of the steam user base being in this hemisphere of power so 30 fps there that basically means it's going to be 30 fps on console It doesn't respect its own lore. For example, King Shark using a hero's item when he should never have had the opportunity to. King Shark is a literal god, and according to the lore, someone with extraordinarily strong willpower could use Green Lantern's ring, and he uses it for 45 seconds. Boss battles are mechanically meh, but the real issue is that there's no reverence to the way they handle the deaths. Again, I don't think you can expect a game where the Suicide Squad kills the Justice League I don't, why did people expect reverence? I don't understand. Why did people expect reverence from a group of degenerates killing the Justice League? It's a bizarro, upside-down story. Why would you expect reverence? What did you think, like... Did you think that Bo- Captain Boomerang was going to have like a prepared eulogy and that like Harley Quinn was going to tear up? Like I just don't know what people were expecting. Dragon Dogma may not run the solid 60f on consoles. Um It's likely not going to target 30 analysis conducted by OSK Gaming following the launch of another video by The Rift. Um, it's most definitely not targeting 30 frames per second as being rumored. It may not run to solid 60. Yeah, barrier. If a 2080 rig is estimated to get performance 2160 30, I I don't I have severe concerns about the consoles. I have severe concerns about the consoles. Three, Emmanuel says, there's a weird disconnect between the characters being villains slash anti-heroes. The villains are never truly villainous, but they're never truly anti-heroes either. Well, I mean, I don't necessarily know if that can be agreed with or disagreed with. I think that's literally part and parcel to the fact that they're being made to do this and they're also being made to cross lines that they're like, I don't know if we want to cross those lines. Like, putting a bomb in Ivy's head. There's a way to handle those death scenes with far more elegance. I do want to see all those heroes die, but the way they die is so anticlimactic. And I think it's supposed to be. I don't think it's supposed to be climactic or reverent. I think it's supposed to be on to the next. Like, it's not... I don't think it's supposed to be this monumentous moment. And there's reasons for that. A five spot from Oiled Up Wesker. Your play with members, I'd be interested in playing uh, this with you sometime in the future. It being crossplay makes it a good option. Generally speaking, when I'm playing on the couch, no, I'm playing with my wife. On a Friday night, 
this week with Hilly. I'll be playing Helldivers 2. If you're a VIP member, you get first dibs when I play games like that. When we do community game nights, like Fall Guys or Fortnite or something, then like, you know, we, we, we try to get everybody in. Um, explain to me why reverence is to be given by villains. Reverence from the developers, the game was poorly conceived. I think you're getting ahead of yourself. That's all. I'm just going to keep saying that. I think folks are getting ahead of themselves. I don't think they've paid attention. I don't think they're listening to the story. I think they're angry and it's just completely blinding them. Like there's, it's, yeah. Once it's, it's almost like having a decoder ring. It's like having a decoder ring. It's like once you have the decoder ring, suddenly the story looks and feels so much different. The amount of plot armor is truly astounding. The evil flash could have killed them long before they got the tech to counter him. That's not what plot that's not what plot armor means. You there I mean, come on. Do you honestly feel like when you play through God of War 2018, did you ever take issue with the fact that like at any moment Balder could have cropped up and surprised them and just snapped Atreus's neck? You know? Just run him through with a blade, chopped his head off. Like, we don't do this with other games. When you have super powerful villains or beings, you're never like, yeah, well, you know, at any point in time, this could... It's like, come on. That's literally every game. Any game where the villain is, like, talking to you and saying different stuff and, like, waiting to attack you. Come on. That's that's every video game. The ring bear the ring wearer has to be chosen, not anyone can use the ring. That's not true. We checked two comic lore sites earlier. Someone with incredible willpower could just pick up the ring and use it. They would get either nothing out of it or not be able to use it for very long. King Shark uses it for 45 seconds. He barely, he barely pulls off. Well, I mean, what he pulls off is pretty dope, but like he wears it for 45 seconds. Reverence doesn't mean respect or a eulogy. It means actually having the villains ponder about what they're doing. They're not given a choice by the time it comes to it. What are they supposed to do? Let the world get destroyed? There is no thought at that point. That is what plot armor is. No, plot armor is typically when you know the person can't die, right? That means if you're going to use plot armor in this scenario, every video game has plot armor. Every video game. So you, you, what you expect to boot up a video game and just yeah, you're you're just dead. Every video game, the main character has plot armor then. Why? It wouldn't be a video game if five minutes into it, someone puts a pistol to Nathan Drake's head and we're like, well, <laughs> I guess that's the game. Roll credits. No, every every game's going to be guilty of that then. Do you ever boot up a game that sells you on the idea, hey, come play as these characters, and you're like, well, they all have plot armor because I, I, I know that I can't die. I countered your God of War example. I'm talking every video game now. Every video game. You could say, 
have has plot armor. They got a mark from a witch to hide him. Yeah, giving him great plot armor. You really pulling a whataboutism? No, I'm not pulling a whataboutism. I'm showing you your criticism isn't valid. Approaching a video game that says, come play as these characters, and you're like, well, they have plot armor, because, I mean, honestly, Superman could swoop down in and roast them all the minute they stepped into the metropolis. It's not whataboutism. Every single video game that says, come play as these characters, the characters have plot armor because it wouldn't be very interesting to buy a game that says you can come play as these characters and then they die. Like, what would, what kind of a game would that be? I have to go in counterpoint for every other video game? No, I'm saying your opinion in your criticism isn't valid because when you apply it to virtually every other video game, it's like, yeah, that's that's quite literally how every video game story is told. You're pulling a whataboutism? No, I'm not. Whataboutism is like, oh, they're doing that over here? Well, what about what these guys over here are doing? You don't even know what whataboutisms are. That's a whataboutism. I'm saying, in the realm of telling video game stories, every single video game that has you playing as a character, they have to give the character a certain amount of narrative armor because who would want to play a game where the character you build dies? Oh, I got some great loot for Harley. Superman swoops in and chops her head off with his eyes. You're like, oh, all right. Like that, every video game, that's how the story is told. It within the medium, all right. This isn't a book. This isn't a movie. Within the medium, it wouldn't make sense if the character you're promised to play as can die. Right now, what happened in The Last of Us 2 is different because it was very, very clear they were handing off the story to another character. It was very clear that, like, you weren't going to be running around as senior citizen Joel in The Last of Us Part 2. It's not what aboutism. What aboutism is trying to hide the fact of, like, what somebody else is doing by pointing to what somebody else is doing. I'm saying, no, within the realm of storytelling, this is how these work. Within a book, within a book, you can kill what is what people feel like is the main character. Here's what whataboutism is. Since you don't know the definition of it, I'll tell you. You're invoking whataboutism and you don't know what it is. The technique or practice of responding to an accusation or difficult question by making a counter accusation or raising a different issue. I'm not raising a different issue. I'm not raising a counter accusation. I'm saying within the realm of telling stories in video games, the main character that they say you can play as always has a certain amount of narrative armor. What are you going to boot up the Arkham Knight and play for 10 minutes and the Joker blows Batman away? You, You wouldn't be able to do that. There's automatic boundaries and barriers within the video game when they're like, these are the main characters. You're like, oh, well, they have they have narrative armor. Well, of course they do. They're the main characters. You you would never buy a game and be like, I don't know, dude. Remember that last game we played? They killed the main character. They you know they 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 there were three characters you could play as. They killed them all in the first twenty minutes. You know what, Lono? You got it. I'm just gonna let you speak for yourself because you're looking mighty weak trying to defend this. 
wonderful ad hominem fallacy to say that I'm looking weak, so now attack me instead of my argument. You invoked whataboutisms. I just gave you the definition of whataboutisms. I'm not invoking a whataboutism. So you invoke a fallacy wrongly, and when I point that out, now you're saying I look weak? That's an interesting... That's an interesting summary of what has transpired. Lona loves his whataboutism tactic. It's not a whataboutism tactic. It isn't. It isn't. It's not a whataboutism tactic. It's literally... Whataboutism is bringing up a counter-accusation or different issue. I didn't do that. I said, well, that's how you tell a story in a video game. You're, you're literally saying you have to push buttons. And I'm like, yeah, you have to push buttons in a video game. Well, the main characters have narrative armor. Well, yeah. What, what are you talking about? That That's how video game stories are told. Your definition of whataboutism is literally proving you're using a whataboutism. No. You're accusing the game of doing something. And I'm saying, yes, that's what video games do. That's not a whataboutism. A whataboutism would be, you'd say, well, yeah, these characters have narrative armor. And I'd be like, oh, yeah? Well, what about the fact that this game over here has characters that can do whatever they want like that's a completely different issue I'm completely distracting from the claim it's to say like every video game main character has a certain amount of narrative armor I don't think I don't I don't think that's a whataboutism that's literally how a video game tells a story like when you read a book or you watch a movie, it's not disruptive if all of a sudden, like, well, I thought that was going to be one of the main characters. They killed them off, like, 20 minutes in. Holy crap. Like, I remember 24 would do that. Like, you didn't, you didn't do, you didn't know necessarily. You just tried to do that with God of War? I tried to do that with God of War. No. No. I said, well, then you could say that about any game. You understand that when you take a criticism and you say, well, let's apply the criticism in other instances and see how it holds up, you understand that's not a whataboutism. That's a litmus test for whether or not a criticism is good or consistent. If not, it's special pleading or a cherry pick. You understand that, right? Like when someone says, well, in this game, bosses have phases, and I find that really annoying. And I'm like, well, now hang on a minute. If we take this criticism and we apply it across the board, is it a good and valuable, consistent criticism? Or does it start to fall apart? Right? Does it start to fall apart? That's the issue is if you can't take a criticism and apply it to other video games and have it land and say, oh, no, 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 this game, this game checks the box. This game's good. I said these characters had extreme plot armor. You said, what about in God of War, Balder could sweep in and kill Atreus? Yes, I drew an analogy to what you had said. You said at any point in time, Flash could have swooped in and killed them all. Yeah, same thing with Superman. At any point in this game, you have to suspend disbelief. Because at any point in this game, we know Superman could swoop in and snuff them out like bugs. 
Like, you wouldn't have a video game then. You have to suspend a certain amount of disbelief. Same as with a game like God of War. Right? You you get a guy that can go toe-to-toe with Kratos. You're too stubborn to admit when you're wrong. I tell you what, I tell you what. You don't have the ability to not attack me consistently in the debate, so take a walk. Take the day off. Take the day off. You keep attacking me, and that's not allowed here. Calling me stubborn, telling me I look weak, it's antagonistic, and it's the weak man's imitation of strength. When someone is rude, condescending, and using ad hominem fallacies, it is the rude man and the weak man's imitation of strength. Your argumentation style is nothing more than fake posturing of strength as you know your argument is weak. You consistently try to goad and provoke and antagonize me in the chat, and it's because your arguments are weak. I've never argued with somebody who consistently has to take little cheap shots and jabs at me and the chat. It's just ridiculous. It's like I broke down everything you said. I broke down I broke down your use of what aboutisms, I broke down your use of plot armor, and you consistently call me stubborn or say that I look weak. Take your condescending insults and go somewhere else. If you want to have a debate, keep the gloves on. Keep the hits above the belt like a man. If you're going to hit below the belt, if you're going to take cheap shots, if you're going to take shots at my character, then take a frickin' walk. I have no interest in arguing with boys. I prefer to discuss things with men who can keep things above the belt. It's very simple. What aboutism is a definition... uh, Oh, I'm sorry. What aboutism is a pejorative... For the strategy of responding to an accusation with a counter accusation. Example A Long term unemployment often means poverty in Germany. Well, what about the starving people in Africa? That's a whataboutism. And I didn't do that. I was like, wait a minute. That's what we do in every game. I don't think I've I don't think I've ever booted up a game and thought, Well, the really strong evil guy could just kill me right now. That's, that's always going to be the case. That's always going to be the case. Anytime you're fighting a villain or a superhero or a god or whatever, anytime you're fighting somebody like that, that's always something you could invoke and say, well, this story's lame. Why? Well, because the super powerful villain could just come and kill me at any moment. It's like, well, yeah, but that wouldn't be a very interesting story, would it? wouldn't be a very interesting story it's like yes i've thought that a couple of times throughout the story there are times where superman is fighting wonder woman and i'm like at any point in time soups could just turn and go with his eyes like homelander just be like ha boom you're all dead and that would be the end of the game but you you have to allow for that in games like this or stories like this like there are times in the boys where that happens has anybody ever thought about that? It's like, wait a minute. What? He could do whatever he wants. He could do whatever he wants. And he doesn't. He doesn't. He could put the entire planet beneath his foot. He could put everybody in subjugation and demand worship. And he doesn't. Well, you have to suspend disbelief. 
You have to believe that like Homelander is so vain that he's willing to play along with this charade of like, okay, yeah, I'll go along with all of this. It's like you could do that in any game. Anytime there's a villain or a superhero who is super, super strong, you're always wondering like, well, why wouldn't they just you know kill everybody? Plot armor is in every story. It's a writer's job to hide it. They didn't do it very well in this game. Brainiac literally has them captured and dead to rights after Superman's death. Well, I'm I, okay. So I've not gotten that far. But here's the issue, though. You know, you're you're saying, well, it's it's the it's the it's the the writers or the the authors or the creators' job to like hide the plot armor. I don't disagree with that. And I think in a game like this called Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, I think coming at it and like nitpicking and being like, well, it's just ridiculous. I mean, Superman could kill them within the first five minutes. Yeah. Yep. He could. But that does that make the story bad? Do you see like you can make that observation like with almost any game I've ever played. How many times have we watched somebody has Batman dead to rights and like something magically saves him or like, oh yeah, the gun jammed or Joker just decides that it's too fun to get rid of him. It's like, well, it wouldn't be a very good story, right? You suspend disbelief. You believe that somebody's crazy enough to really get their jollies out of fighting Batman. So like numerous times, you know, the Joker will pull his punches or, you know, decides decides not to kill him or whatever. That's, that's a common trope within comic books and superheroes. The common trope is like, well, would it be that interesting if the guy that's really strong just literally killed everybody or if the bomb actually went off or if, like, why do they even set a timer? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever watched a single story that has a bomb with a timer and you're like, wouldn't you just not even have a timer? You'd be like, yep, time to go. Boom, and everything would, nobody has time to react. Sven's asking for people to chill on the spoilers. Yeah, don't get too deep into it. I knew it was Brainiac, but how did it happen? They don't ever establish it. You show up in Metropolis, and all we know is Brainiac's got control of the Justice League. They don't, they don't, they don't teach, they don't, they don't establish how he got them. They don't, they don't establish it. Joker blew up a hospital in the Dark Knight. Yeah, like obviously you have situations like that where, you know, I think some people, that's why villains like that can be more compelling sometimes because they don't give you the time to react they're just like no I'm gonna do it and they do it you know I have no problem with somebody saying that they didn't like the story right but at every turn I'm like people aren't paying attention they think it's a bad story because they think they know what's going on but they don't and then when they're like oh well there's this 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 and this and these are the problems and I'm like 
again, again, I, I, I think that having to resort, that, that's, that's probably why I pushed back so hard on the narrative armor thing. I was like, having to resort to that, it's like you wanted reverence for their deaths. Again, you, you got to give the game time. You know, again, I don't think people are paying attention. And so the irreverence from the you know the justice league i'm sorry if irreverence from the, the the suicide squad to me is a shoe that fits it's like no this is exactly how this would play out you wouldn't get i honestly feel like it would have been weird to have like really sentimental send-offs for the for the for the justice league especially in light of if you're paying attention it would have been even more weird. Like, retroactively, you would look back and be like, why'd they do that? Why'd they have, like, these super sentimental, you know, elements on the, yeah, air quotes, on the deaths? They're very much comic book deaths, if there've ever, if there've ever been some. They absolutely allude to how Brainiac took over. I must have missed that. You know, if they, did they, maybe they do it later and I haven't gotten there. There are echoes you can find... Uh, of audio of public during the invasion. Oh, like the echoes. So some of that you're thinking alludes to it. Okay, I haven't listened to a lot of those echoes. Um. They established how you got thrown into the middle of it. Lex told us what happened. He did. About the invasion? I mean, he's... But but again, they just say invasion. They don't necessarily say how he got the Justice League. Just saying, oh, well, he invaded. How do you get really, really powerful people? How do you get some of the most powerful? Because Flash somehow got out. Which... I think is another clue. I think I think when the Green Lantern first talks to Flash... And he's like, how did you get off the ship? Again, I think that's another clue that people have missed. That, yeah, I think people missed that one. Uh, if you guys have been enjoying the... If you... In showing, if you guys have been enjoying the show, make sure you're smashing the like button. We are 13 members away from hitting 25. We haven't missed that goal in a couple of years, and we're currently sitting at about 2,700 members. We're shooting for 3,000 members this week, and uh, we will we'll do something fun on Friday night with Hilly. I got I got to figure that out. Did he get out? Doesn't. Yeah, like, well, I, I again, I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to get into spoiling too much. Believability can be stretched, and plot armor is mandatory. I just believe the Suicide Squad and their plot armor stretches and breaks. Well, I, I'm not gonna say that it's absurd that they're even able to do it. I'm not gonna say that it is, but that's the absurdity of a story like this. The absurdity of, thanks for all the spoilers. I mean, if you're coming to a Suicide Squad kill the Justice League, game, you know, discussion, the weekend after it was out, and I'm talking about spoilers that happen in the first ten minutes. I, I, what do you want me to say, bro? Like you clicked on the stream. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not talking about like what happens right before credits roll. The stuff with Green Lantern and the Flash is literally ten minutes into the game. 
I even think that cutscene is on YouTube. You'll buy it when it's on sale. It'll be interesting if they decide to put it on sale. It'll be interesting to see if they, if they, if they decide to put it on sale. Because, uh... Yeah, what Hilly say? If Hilly enjoys Helldivers, can we make him uninstall it too? <laughs> no. <laughs> we should come up with some kind of an incentive for Friday night. If we hit 3,000 members before Friday, then, you know, Hilly's got to do something in Helldivers or something. That would be pretty funny. You know, like, I don't know. It's going to be dead before it goes on sale. I would be interested to see how this did, how this fared with the console market. Like, how the physical sales do, how the digital downloads and sales go. Um, The fact that it got... Let's see here. The fact that it has almost 4,000 ratings on PlayStation, I feel like that's really, really good for PlayStation. I'm trying to think of... um, yeah, let's see what Grand Blue has. Uh, as far as the PlayStation Store, let's just do a comparison. Yeah, Grand Blue Fantasy ha- has been out for about the same amount of time, and it has seven thousand ratings. So it has about three thousand more ratings. Its score is lower. It has a 4.71. I'm sorry. Its score is higher. I was looking at the wrong screen. Its score is higher at a 4.71. So it's scoring really well with the audience. That's actually interesting because Grand Blue's uh, Metacritic, I don't think it was that strong in comparison. Grand Blue Fantasy Relink's Metacritic is an 80. Yeah, it's not as strong as the PlayStation score. The PlayStation score is a 94%. That's a really great score. And it has an 80 from Metacritic. That again is interesting. Like, that's a weird gap. Grand Blue isn't a really good comparison. That's not uh, really going to be a very popular game. I mean, Grand Blue's got more reviews. It's got 7,000. And it's got a great score. Got a great score. I don't know. Grand Blue is very niche. Ah, are you sure? Let's see. How's it doing on Steam? 85% with 10,000 with 10,000 reviews. Compared to Power World? What? <laughs> Why? Compared to Power World or or Fortnite or some other insane breakout super popular viral game, what purpose does that serve? Why would you compare it to Power World? That doesn't make any sense. Power World like took over the gaming world. Like of anything you compare to Power World's gonna look small, you know? That's that's a really big house y'all bought there. Compare it to the Sears Tower. Like what? <laughs> You know, come on. 
All right, listen, let's, uh, we'll probably head to writers and hanging out with members in a little bit here. Let's slam home this 25. I'll give the five that I owe. We only need 13 members. Let's, let's, let's run that up real quick. And then I'll schedule the writer's room. We'll get out of here. We'll go hang out and, uh, we'll plan tomorrow. Cause tomorrow's going to be, tomorrow's going to be something. It's going to be something. Uh, kill the Justice League is the premise of the game. It doesn't mean that it happens. Well, we kill a Justice League, right? <laughs> I mean, a, 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 a Justice League dies. Come on, somebody does it. Yo, a five spot from Parasito. He's like, come on, boys. We can't lose our streak. We've been hitting this 25 goal minimum for a couple, wait, of over a year now. Over a year now. What's what's uh, John Linneman talking about? Everyone is replying with unexpected quips relating to rumors, but I see the short, this shot, and I'm like, wait, she's posting shots of a physical box game? Like a game contained on a disc? That's good to see, honestly. And Joker Quinn comes in with a five bomb and puts us right on the doorstep. There it is. 22. Let's go. Just insane BS. Fans in the U.S. are hoping that an American company will lose to Japanese PlayStation. I understand people not living in the States, but when we have ever wanted something American made to die. What's he talking about? Keithius with a five bomb. We are on a five gifted train right now, all the way to 27. That's Agents of Chaos. Thank you so, so much for doing that. And that takes us to 27 out of 50. I now owe five myself. So, hey, I'll join in on the member train of five gifted members. There we go. And Hilly gifts one as well. Ouch. Thank you so much. Hilberg, you know, it was funny last night. We were, we were talking about this Friday and my daughter said, his name's not Hilly. His name's Hilberg. And I kid you not. My wife was like, Oh, is his real name Hilberg? She's like, that's so cute. I'm like, no, his name is not Hilberg. I was like, our daughter nicknamed him that. Yo, Mediocre Milton, welcome back. Next Doc says, I don't know, Lono. I tend to disagree with critics in the vast majority of the time, but Kill the Justice League is behind Anthem and Avengers, in my insignificant opinion. The score is not. I mean, I don't know where Anthem ended up on score, but um, no, the users are scoring it much higher. Yeah, the users are scoring it higher. Is he a dachshund? (laughs) Can gifted members join the writer's room stream? What gifted members can enjoy is full access to our members-only Discord, except for one room, the VIP lounge. So full access to our members-only Discord, 
Friday nights with Hilly, community game nights on Friday nights, and sometimes I even let you come to a Friday night with my wife, and we just put like, we did like this. We just put like her emoji in front of her. And so we basically let you sample a large portion of the content, but the writer's room is reserved for folks paying for their own membership. Friday night streams with Madam are also reserved for people paying for their own membership. So what we've tried to do is create like a staircase. Like we give you a lot when we gift a member to you. And then if you're like, okay, this community's pretty dope. You can bump up by a dollar to sit to a $6 tier instead of the $5 tier. And then you get into everything. There's one stream a week for VIP. That's the only thing you don't get into. But when you choose that $6 member tier, you basically get into everything. So my advice is always, if you've been if you've been given a gifted membership, get in the Discord. They do a weekly like community call where they're all hanging out and having a good time. They're playing games together. Get in there. Get plugged in. Get to know the community. You know, come to some of the content. Come to some of the streams. You know, come to a Friday night. Like this Friday night is a Hilly hijink stream. I'm going to be playing Helldivers with my man Hilly. You can come to that. If all that stuff is like, hey, I'm kind of enjoying this, then you can bump up. Like, it couldn't, it couldn't be. I, I know. You know, we've been, we've been clipped out of context talking about. I didn't want the public in the Discord, and I said, you know, the public doesn't matter. I was specifically talking about what the Discord. I gift so many members with my own money if I didn't care about the public or didn't think the public mattered I wouldn't have gifted over 4,000 members to my community last year right like so we spend you know our money because we believe in what we're doing here we believe that like if people sample it they're gonna like it and then you know they're gonna want to come back and pick it up on their own so you in a lot of streams, when you get gifted a membership, you're going to get a badge and emotes. And we go beyond that. We're like, no, we're going to give you a bunch of other stuff to see, you know, so that way you can kind of sample what we do here. So writer's room just gets into too much strategy. My producer gets on the call. It just doesn't make sense to expose that to, um, you know, there are hate watchers that get gifted memberships. And so we just made some decisions in early January when we said, you know what, this year, we want to put a little bit of a barrier between us and the people that, you know, incessantly watch and clip and stalk the channel and are, are just weird. Um, you know, they're disturbing and it's like, it, you know, it makes you kind of want to, you know, circle up a little bit and, and not just be so transparent and free with, you know, unkind people. There's also free wine and jacuterie in the VIP room. There you go. All right, let me set up writer's room. We got a lot to break down here for tomorrow. I know a lot of you were really, really wanting me to cover the, you know, um, the Xbox games coming to PlayStation. And I literally just didn't have time. You know, people are always like, this pony, this pony won't pivot. He, you know, he's dodging. And it's like, this is a great stream for anybody who made predictions about Xbox, me being one of those persons. And I literally couldn't pivot. I just, I just didn't have the time. Um, so, and I wanted to do this stream. I wanted to get my opinions out there about how I think the critics have misfired on Kill the Justice League. Uh, I don't feel like it's being judged as a live service game. I, I feel like it's being judged as a game that they wish wasn't a live service game, which I think is is made a lot of the scores land a lot lower than they should. So. Smiley jumping back in with 25 months in a VIP and Walker jumping back in as a member and getting that gold badge. 
All right, I'm going to provide you guys with a link. I'm going to provide you guys with a link, and we're going to head over here to the writer's room and start planning tomorrow. Usually around this time, um, I end up sending you guys to a premiere, and then we go to writer's room after. Somebody made another video about you. I don't care. Tell them thanks for the free promotion. Nobody's talking about them on this stream, so they can keep talking about me. Keep promoting me. I don't care. I couldn't spend the marketing budget of free advertising I get from the people that hate me. Cool. I don't know who that is and frankly don't care. Alright, here we go. Here we go. We're going to head over. Thanks so much for being a Reforge member or higher, you guys that are at that member tier or VIP, thanks so much. If you've recently upgraded, maybe you got a gifted, sampled some of the content and decided to jump in and pick it up, thank you to the people that have continued to do that. We did hit 2750 members last week. We hit 28 today. So we're pushing for 3000 this Friday night. Think of something funny that we can make Hilly do for Friday night. That should be a good time. Uh, we're going to be playing Helldivers 2. And VIPs, you get first dibs on playing with us because obviously in Helldivers... You know, four people can play. I'm going to end the previous stream about Suicide Squad, kill the Justice League, and I think